You're listening to the Two Fans Review Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Eric Fry and Travis Sparks. That's right. Time once again for the Two Fans Review Wrestling Podcast. My name is Eric Fry. Joined as always with my host, Travis Sparks. What's up, Travis? What's up, Eric? It is a great day. And it's a great day to talk about one of the best in the business, a legend of the business, one of the goats. Yes, we are. This is a very special episode of the Two Fans Review Wrestling Podcast. Uh, Not only is it our 20th episode, which is a milestone, and 20 is a big number for me. I didn't think we were going to get past 10, so 20 is huge. (laughs) But we are going to be reviewing the life and career of of the Macho Man, Randy Savage. This is our first episode like this of us specifically reviewing a wrestler. Yeah. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely uh, kind of weird to watch these uh, matches with one guy, and it was kind of weird to watch them in a vacuum mm-hmm. like we did. But, hey, if if we watch one person, I can think of a better one to start off with than the Macho Man. And I have a couple questions when we get done with all this that I'm going to pose to you about Randy Savage. So mm-hmm. be prepared for that as we get going. But before we do, want to thank everyone for listening. Don't forget Facebook, 2FansReview Wrestling. Our email is 2FansReview at gmail.com. Twitter, 2FansReview W1 as well. Make sure you go onto Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review all your reviews help us climb up the charts which is what we want to do share with your friends let them know what we got going on over here if they're maybe a, a wrestling fan or maybe they're a closet wrestling fan or maybe they just like to be entertained that's what we're here for that's what we're going to help them with and make sure you r- review as well we will read those reviews online on the show and it doesn't matter what you say you could say randy savage was great you could say i don't like wrestling whatever it is you want to put there it doesn't matter just as long as you give us five stars yes that's all that matters it gives us five stars i know dave Meltzer would do that so uh don't worry about those 4.75 stars give us all the way perfect five out of five i think the matches are reviewing cumulative i mean we gotta at least get you know uh at least I would say about a four and a half star rating of the matches we've reviewed for this show. <sighs> yeah, from Meltzer. I don't know. The last couple kind of weigh yeah, it down a little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll we'll talk about that. So uh, also, don't forget we do have a Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash/two-fans-podcast, where you can support us over there as well and get some bonus content as well. So there you go. All good things. So, like I said, we are going to talk about the macho man himself, Randy Savage. And, uh, Travis, are you ready to get going here talking about uh, the one and only macho man, Randy Savage? Yeah, the one and only, that's for sure. I'm ready to uh, talk about one of the most interesting cats in, in professional wrestling ever. No better way to start it. Uh, you got to start with a little pop and circumstance. A absolutely. little bit. Do you know I knew this as Macho Man's Randy Savage song before I knew that they played it at graduation? I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not shocked by that. Well, here's the funny thing. I was in band in, in high school, and we had to play this every year at graduation. And every year, I couldn't play it because I'd just be going, Oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, I'm coming for you. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm not surprised <laughs> by that at all. It'll forever be known to wrestling fans as Macho Man's theme and not the graduation. It theme. will. So let's let's just start. We're gonna we're gonna review his whole career, his whole life. Here we go. Uh, Randy Savage was born Randy Poffo in Columbus, Ohio. He is the eldest son of Judith and Angelo Poffo. His father was Italian-American. His mother was Jewish. Poffo was raised as a Roman Catholic. Angelo, his dad, was a well-known wrestler in the 50s and 60s who was actually featured in Ribley's Believe It or Not for his ability to do sit-ups for hours on end. He also has a younger brother known as Lanny Poffo. Poffo leaping Lanny or... The genius, the if you genius. know more, a little bit about him. Yes. Um, he graduated from Downers Grove North High School in Downers Grove, Illinois. He later moved to Staten Island, New York, before moving to Lexington, Kentucky, where he lived for many years. And he is alumnus of SIU Carbondale, like me. Lanny's? Did not know that. No, Randy. Randy, the Macho Randy, Man. Randy, the Macho wow. Man, went to Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Wow, how about that? Local ties that you may not have known about. Right, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so Savage was actually signed by the St. Louis Cardinals organization as a catcher out of high school. Yep, I did I did know that. There are some photos of him oh, in yeah. circulation wearing the Cardinals, two birds on the bat. Definitely yep. a fan of that, being a fan of the St. Louis Cardinals myself. Yep, yeah, he was in the Cardinals and the Reds farm system. When he was 18, he began playing minor league baseball. Uh, one of his teammates there was Larry Herndon, who was his roommate. And uh, Herndon would go on to be a baseball coach and actually use some of the strategies that Savage would do uh, in his four minor league seasons. Savage played 289 games, uh, batted 254 with 16 home runs and 129 RBIs. But uh, he ended up getting released, and at that point, he said he threw his bats and he broke them all, and said, "Baseball's done for me, brother." Hmm. Went to wrestling. Wow. So he first broke into the wrestling business in 1973 during the fall and winter of the baseball offseason. And this is going to be so hilarious when we kind of get to the end. But do you know what his first wrestling character was? What was it? The Spider, similar to Spider-Man. Hmm. How interesting is that, knowing what we know yeah. uh, a little bit later on that we'll talk about? Um, he later took the ring name Randy Savage at the suggestion of his longtime friend and trainer Terry the Goose Stevens and GCW, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Booker Ole Anderson, who said that the name Poffo did not fit someone who wrestled like a savage, so came up with the Macho Man nickname after his mother, Judy Poffo, read a Reader's Digest article predicting that the phrase would become, quote, the next hot term. Savage eventually, like we said, ended his baseball career, became a full-time wrestler working with his brother and his father. Now, his father felt that his sons were not getting enough pushes, so they started the Outlaw International Championship Wrestling in Memphis. Essentially, they would uh, disband, and Randy and Lanny entered the Memphis scene where they joined Jerry Lawler, uh, the Continental Wrestling Association. But before that... Savage used to cut a lot of promos on Jerry Lawler uh, on TV as they were competing organizations, and fans then would go kind of to Jerry. I've heard Jerry tell a story being like, well, when are you going to fight Randy Savage? And Jerry was like, they're not working with us. What do you mean? And and stuff like that. So it was really cutthroat. And, you know, we, we, we've heard about Vince being cutthroat when he was doing his 
um, national takeover. Yeah. But really at a territory level, if there was another promoter, mm-hmm. they were really cutthroat. Right. Yeah, and I, I think that was on the recent biography on him, and I had no idea that he had that kind of rivalry there w- mm-hmm. with, with the Kings. So so I thought that was, was interesting in all the promos that he would cut on him. And that biography thing, as you mentioned, I watched it, you watched mm-hmm. it. You're either, I found out you're either a fan of it or you right. are not. There is right. no in-between. Uh, a lot of people in the business were not very pleased with how that turned out. Um, yeah. And I, I think uh, you, can, you can see why. Uh, on the other side, if you want to see something that I think a lot of people have praised, and that's we've talked about before, I think Dark Side of the Ring, they mm-hmm. did a Macho Man episode, did, uh, yeah. and it was very well. So seek those two out as well. Um, so Savage, like I said, he joined the CWA, feuded with Lawler over the AWA Southern Heavyweight Championship, teamed with Lanny to battle the Rock and Roll Express. So uh, he's doing all kinds of things. He, in storyline, injured Ricky Morton by pile-driving him through the Time Keeper's table. This is back in 1984. Pile-driving someone through a table. Through a table. Wow. That's crazy. In the 80s. Um, later in 84, Savage turned babyface and aligned with Lawler against Jimmy Hart's first family, only to then turn heel on Lawler again in early 85 and resume his feud. He ended, uh, the feud with Lawler ended when Savage lost the Loser Leaves Town match on June 7th in Memphis. Why is that? Well, because in June of 85, Savage signed with Vince McMahon, and he made his first appearance on Tuesday Night Titans. And I thought the way they brought him in was really interesting in that they had a bunch of managers trying to sign him. Mm-hmm. You know, Bobby Heenan, Jimmy Hart, Mr. Fuji, all these guys trying to sign him. And he eventually declined all of them, and he chose Miss Elizabeth as his new manager that you had never seen. You had no idea who this lady was. She just showed up. And I remember the commentary team being like, whoa, who is this? Right. And it, they were trying to build him as a heel. And the, the way they did that was because of his gimmick where he was an egomaniacal bully who mistreated Miss Elizabeth. But I think at that moment when, when Liz first comes out, he gets a baby face reaction. She does. So yeah. that in turn makes him kind of baby face. Right. Yeah. And that, that is really interesting. And you never see that today mm-hmm. with uh, all these managers trying to sign, sign this client and yep. just seeing them all in. I think for the, for the most part, when Liz came in and not only she was kind of a unknown to the wrestling world, but she was a, a woman and it was all guys who was trying for, for his services there. So, yeah. That, that was a unique situation there, having a, kind of a valet manager uh, being a lady. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like I said, uh, all this took place, most of it, on Tuesday Night Titans. If you want to watch it, well, you can't. It's not on Peacock. Ah. So, sorry. It was on the WWE Network. It was. But not on Peacock yet. So, sorry about that. Not yet. <laughs> Enjoy your four ninety nine. dollars uh, He made his pay-per-view debut at the Wrestling Classic in November, participating in a 16-man tournament where he defeated Ivan Pusky, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, and the Dynamite Kid. Now, two of those matches... The Dynamite Kid match and the Steamboat match both got four stars from Meltzer. The Wrestling Classic actually is on um, the Peacock Network, so you can go enjoy this. But we will not be reviewing those matches. But two four-star matches put on in one night by Savage against uh, Steamboat and the Dynamite Kid. He ended up losing by countout in the finals to the Junkyard Dog. That's when the Junkyard Dog kind of became the king sort of thing. So uh, that was all happening there. In late 85, Savage started to feud with then-Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion Tito Santito over that belt. Uh, Santana beat him October 19th at San Juan, Puerto Rico. 
Now, during a November 2nd, 1985 episode of Saturday Night's main event, he unsuccessfully challenged Santana for the title. Savage won by countout, but not the title because it didn't change hands. And, by the way, Saturday Night's main event, none of them are on the network either. Uh, wow. In a rematch on the February 24th episode of Primetime Wrestling, not on the network, uh, he won the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship at the Boston Garden using an illegal steel object stashed in his tights to knock out Santana. Early in his WWF career, Savage also won three countout victories over his future tag partner, WWF World Champion Hulk Hogan, but the belt did not change hands, as well as engaging in feuds with Bruno San Martino and George the Animal Steel. He also formed a tag team with semi-retired wrestler color commentator Jesse the Body Ventura, who had remained a vocal supporter of Savage until Ventura left. I didn't know that him and the Body were a tag team, nor did I know that he really feuded with Bruno. Right, right. Do, doing a little bit of research for, for the podcast here, he was. Uh, I looked up an interview of Savage when he was kind of feuding with mm-hmm. Tito Santana, and he was on uh, The Body Shop, yep. and they were very chummy there, so that would make sense that they would kind of be uh, a semi-team right. there, why they, they were so chummy. Yeah, and so uh, that would continue. Um his feud with Steel began on January 4th, 1986, Saturday Night's main event, again, not on the network, when Steel developed a crush on Miss Elizabeth. At WrestleMania 2, Savage defeated Steel in a match to retain the Intercontinental title. He resumed his feud with Steel in early 1987, culminating in two Intercontinental heavyweight title matches, both won by Savage. This would lead us to Randy Savage taking on rookie Steamboat WrestleMania 3. This was not the first time, again, these two had met as they met at the Wrestling Classic in 1985. But this may be one of, if not the biggest match in Savage's career, especially up to this point. Yeah, definitely up to this point, and this is kind of a match that has been talked about for wrestling fans for forever because of where it was, WrestleMania three, Pontiac Silverdome. Mm-hmm. It was Hogan and Andre on top, but it was really where Savage and Steamboat could shine, and they really did steal the show, and this kind of elevated the the IC title as kind of the working yep. title and the wrestlers have the IC belt while the big stars have the big one on top and the IC belt of course at that time it was also a stepping stone for for the world title well and I loved uh, on that that biography Hogan saying oh they didn't go out there to steal the show and then they cut to Dragon and Dragon's like we went right. out there to steal the show yeah, like exactly it, it, you could clearly tell. Um, and, and let's just get into it. This and, was And also, I, I didn't know that it was so... I, I knew that they worked it out beforehand, mm-hmm. but just the level oh, yeah. of, of just meticulous mapping everything out to a T, yep. every single move, every single sequence. So I, I knew they had it mapped out, but I didn't know it to that extent. Yep. And that, that's crazy. And just trying to remember all that. Oh, is yeah. Just, it's just crazy trying to, you know, especially in front of 93,000 fans. That's that's insane. Well, but at the time, you have to remember, they were working probably four to five days a week, twice on Saturdays, maybe twice on Sundays. Yeah. So if they were facing each other in house show matches all this time and they kept working on that match, maybe not the whole thing, but yeah. do a little bit Bits here, a little bit right. here, a little bit here, it'd right. be easy to remember after a while if right, you were yeah. working with the guy for a month or whatever. Yeah, that would make sense. Because they would, they would try on the house shows to kind of get the footing for... Because again, at this point in time, 
house show business is what's driving the company. It's not pay-per-views. Yeah. And it's right. not TV rights or anything like that. So you want to start these feuds on the house show and carry them through, and then you use TV and the pay-per-views to support that. Mm-hmm. Right. As a kid who grew up in the 90s, it's weird for me to, to think of wrestling that way because, to me, the pay-per-views, the be-all, end-all, that's where you make your money. Yeah. But in the early 80s, it was all about you know getting people to the arenas more so than TV or pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, WrestleMania three, Savage versus Steamboat it is one hour and forty one minutes into WrestleMania three. That's when we start with a video recap of the feud. Well, and I just want to let everyone know you can find this on Peacock. Yes. It's WrestleMania season three, episode one. Yeah, season three, episode one. Thanks, Peacock, for having seasons <laughs> for everything. This is what we deserve, Eric. <laughs> season three, seasons of our wrestling. I want the network back. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. I want the network I, I back. I feel you. So we start with a video of the feud, and uh, we get a video recap of what kind of led to it. Savage with an axe handle to the ringside barrier, and then the ring bell to the throat. And they kind of limited what you saw. Because I remember on some of the, the Tuesday Night Titans and seeing videos and stuff, you would see like Steamboat going to like speech therapy, where he's trying to relearn how to talk and stuff like that. And there was mm-hmm. talk he's never going to wrestle again and, yeah. and all that. And it would have been nice to see a little bit of that so we kind of know why exactly this is going on. Right. The the best thing that, that we got here was uh, Gene, I mean Gene with, with a doctor, is talking about his kind of resiliency yep. of coming back, but that was mainly all we got, really. We also got to see George Steele taking Elizabeth as well. Yeah, and uh, Ventura, the body, going uh, conspiracy and kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we then get a Macho Man promo. Savage says that he will put Steamboat out of wrestling and that history beckons the Macho Man. It's, the Lord and Master of the Ring. It was a decent promo from Macho, but not one of his best, I felt. No. But yeah, well, not not one of his best, but yep. but still got the job done yep. though. Uh, Savage and Liz make their way down on the cart. That is nostalgia, a hundred percent. Yeah, take me back. And then Gorilla and Jess on the call is one hundred percent nostalgia. Oh yeah, it's it just it's happier times. Oh definitely, and it, all almost all of these we review and with with Gorilla oh, yeah. on the call. Yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, backstage, Gene is with Steamboat. This is, again, um, about a minute, uh, an hour 45 into uh, Season 3 of WrestleMania. Uh, it's a good promo from Steamboat. He's not really known as a promo guy, but I thought this was one of his better ones. He comes out with George Steele. Uh, this is actually, I would consider this the conclusion of the George Steele Savage feud from last year's WrestleMania, mm-hmm. concluding here, even though it's not against George Steele. Savage is in his famous pink tights, yellow boots that CM Punk would wear as a tribute to the Macho Man years later, and Sav, uh, Steamboat being the pure babyface in all white, which I, I always love when the babyface is wearing all white. Right, yeah. You, you don't make the, the connections mm-hmm. when, when you're a younger fan like that, but those are some of the things yep. that you start The start white knight, the guy in and, white I mean, knight. Savage was always that way. Yep. He was always the pop and circumstance, flashy, bright colors, and whatnot, even though he was a heel. Yep. Uh, so we lock up, we get a pushback, Steamboat with a hip toss and a standoff. Savage then pulls Liz into a different corner because Steel was getting a little too close to Liz for Savage's comfort. Uh, they lock up, Savage with a knee, Steamboat with a pair of arm drags and a two-handed choke, and Savage rolls to the outside, takes a powder. Uh, Savage attacks Steamboat coming back into the ring, though. Savage now choking with the top rope. Uh, we get a clothesline for two. That is our first two-count 
of this match. There will be lots of them. Uh, Savage with a big elbow and a choke in the corner. Crowd starts uh, a steamboat chant. Uh, Savage then collide in the corner with Steamboat. A big wrist lock and an arm ringer from Steamboat. Steamboat's attacking the left arm of Savage at this point. Savage with a big back elbow. Savage throws Steamboat over the top rope to the floor. Savage with a knee to Steamboat to prevent him from coming in. Savage then with an elbow to the throat of Steamboat, playing off that um, that injury. Yep. He had him draped backwards over the rope on the apron. He elbowed him yep. there. Uh, one of those classic shots from this match, mm-hmm. I, I think they yep, always show. Uh, Savage with some stomps to Steamboat. Savage with a snapmare into the ring. Savage with another point of the elbow running attack for two. A knee drop to Steamboat for two. Steamboat with a block in the corner. Some rights to Savage. Steamboat now starts firing up. He gets a chop. They get Savage tied up into the ropes. We then get multiple reversals from Steamboat. And he hits a cross body for two. An arm drag. Multiple shoulder blocks for two. Um, Savage moves. Hits a knee to the back. Steamboat skins the cat. But Savage with a clothesline out to the floor. Again, that's another classic image from this match. Savage sends Steamboat into the front row with a knee to the back. George Steele then carries Steamboat back to the ring apron. I love Jesse saying that should be a disqualification because right. he shouldn't be allowed to carry the man back into the ring. It should. Yeah, and also when, when Savage attacked him from behind, Gorilla mm-hmm. said he Pearl Harbored him. Yeah, the Pearl Harbor thing doesn't age well. A Pearl Harbor job. Don't like it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Steamboat gets thrown out, again out to the floor. Uh, Savage with the top rope axe handle out to the floor. I trademark oh, yeah. savage move uh savage throws steamboat back in hits another double axe savage with a running elbow again for two savage then drapes steamboat over the top rope for two savage with an atomic drop for two savage with a suplex for two steamboat now fighting back but savage counters it savage with a gut wrench suplex for two which looked nice considering the time frame we're in mm-hmm. uh steamboat gets uh gets out of a back suplex but savage with a boot to the corner uh and then the backdrop, Steamboat with a backdrop out to the floor, though, on Savage, which looked very nice. And I didn't know that would be a, a trademark Randy Savage spot and right, getting yeah. backdropped out to the floor, but yep. it is. Yep, we, we see a lot of that in the <laughs> matches that review here. And Savage always got nice elevation. Oh, yeah. That, and he gets nice elevation here. Yep. Uh, Steamboat then sends Savage face first into the apron. Steamboat with a top rope chop, but Savage gets his foot on the rope on the count, so that's another two count. Steamboat with another chop for two. Steamboat with multiple chops and Savage out to the floor. Steamboat goes out after him. Steamboat with a sunset flip for two. Steamboat ducks and hits another roll-up for two. Steamboat with another roll-up for two. A small package for two. The crowd is losing its mind at this point. They're up out of their feet. Um, Steamboat with a slam and a slingshot into the post. He then rolls up Savage from that for two. Victory roll by Steamboat for two. Savage, though, counters with one of his own for two. Savage sends Steamboat into the corner. Multiple reversals, and the ref gets knocked down at that point. Savage with a clothesline. Savage then goes up top, hits the elbow, but the ref is down. So Savage gets the visual pinfall, but the ref is down. Uh, Savage is trying to get the ref up. Savage then tries to get the bell, and he he has it. steals it from the the timekeeper. George Steele, though, gets on the apron, grabs the bell. So Savage goes back up top, but this time Steele pushes him off the top rope. Savage goes for a slam, but Steamboat hangs on for a roll-up and gets the win. We have a new IC champ, and Jess says this is a miscarriage of justice. Then we see a video replay of the finish. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Man, this was this was uh, faster than than I remember here. I've I've obviously watched this match many times, but first time kind of reviewing it and writing it all out. But mm-hmm. this match was was quick, but enjoyed it for sure. Ton of near falls, but what what you like about it is that they weren't on finishers. Yep. They didn't kick out on finishers. It was just regular wrestling moves. There were nineteen two counts. Wow. But I'm gonna say this, and and it's because. I am a jaded fan now. Uh huh. Not as good as everyone hypes it up to be. No, you don't think so. And I think it's because, as fans watching now in 2021, we're conditioned to have multiple kickouts from big moves. Right. And that gets us up out of our seats. Mm hmm. They were kicking out of roll ups. Yeah. Like in this match, if this was the only Ricky Steamboat match I'd ever seen, I'd say, oh. He's the arm drag roll up chop dude because that's all he did the whole match. He didn't do mm-hmm. anything else besides arm drag, hip toss, roll up, and chops. Right. Mm. Man, I'm I'm really surprised by that <sighs> that you'd say that. I know. <laughs> I mean, I understand for the time why people really liked it because at the time, you know, you had Hogan versus Bundy the year before, and you had right. you know Hogan Andre at this one, which isn't great, and you had you know Hillbilly Jim and Bundy, and and right. as much as I love Rowdy Piper, he, he wasn't a great wrestler, and no. you know I understand how this stuck out at the time. Mm-hmm. But when you think about how wrestling has evolved, going back and looking at it, I don't yeah. think it holds up as much as... And it, and it may be a case of me not growing up then and watching it as right. a kid. Right. Yeah, it, it is really tough to compare apples mm-hmm. to apples here because it's apples to oranges. It is. The type of match that these two wrestle here and what we see today. But uh, the crowd, I, I didn't remember the crowd being so mm-hmm. so hyped for it, but they were hyped for it. They were in it on every move, oh, yeah. every almost every near fall and every close near fall. Yep. They were in it. They thought they thought it could be over, and you know this was uh, had some vintage Randy Savage spots in here, and of course so you said uh, Gorilla and uh, Ventura on the call what was excellent, and uh, I, I always appreciate at one point in that match when the heel like. They inadvertently knock out the referee, yep. and yep. then they get on top, and they get the pin. And then and they get mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you here? Now, at least in that instance, it was inadvertent. Yeah. I love it when the heel intentionally hits the ref, mm-hmm. and then goes for the pin, and then gets mad at the ref for being knocked out. It's right. like, you hit him. Exactly. You, you did you, this. You did this. You did this. Uh, this match, uh, Savage and Steamboat laid out and rehearsed every spot of the match prior to WrestleMania at Savage's home in Florida. So you were wondering how they did this? It was at Savage's home. The match was named 1987's Match of the Year by both Pro Wrestling Illustrated and the Wrestling Observer. Travis, how many stars do you think that match got from Meltzer? Uh, was that five stars? It was not. It was only four and a half. Wow. He was a lot more stingier on his stars back mm, then. Gotcha. Now he gives them out on a weekly basis, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, after the match, true. Steamboat and Savage were seen cheering with and hugging other wrestlers. Um, so there you go. Savage then, after this, would go on to win the King of the Ring tournament in 1987. And his popularity was rising at that point. He was being cheered by a majority of fans despite being a heel. So became less hostile towards the fans of Miss Elizabeth. And when Honky Tonk Man declared himself the greatest Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion of all time, Savage began to feud with him to get the title back, becoming a fan favorite in the process. 
to help gain credibility with the fans of the face. Prior to his match against Honky, Savage was on the winning end against such heels as Hercules, King Harley Race, and Killer Khan, among others. On October 3rd, 1987, on Saturday Night's Main Event, which is not on the network, he got his shot at the Honky Tonk Man in the Intercontinental Championship, but lost out on the title when the Hart Foundation, who along with Honky were all managed by Jimmy Hart, interrupted the match, getting Honky disqualified. In the ensuing beatdown, Miss Elizabeth ran back to the locker room, and what did she do? She brought Hulk Hogan out to the ring to save Savage, leading to the formation of the Mega Powers. So, Mega Powers forming. Savage would go on to lead a team of five against Honky's team at the first ever Survivor Series, where Savage's team was victorious. Travis, have you ever looked at this Survivor Series team that Savage had? No, I did not. Oh my goodness, it is not even funny. All right, <laughs> here's Honky's team. All Are you right. ready? Danny Davis. Okay. Not, not that great, right? Yeah. Harley Race. Okay, Harley Race, all-time great. Mm-hmm. Hercules. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he is what he is. The Honky Tonk Man. Yep. And Ron Bass. Ron Bass. Okay. okay. That, that was the heel side. On the face side, you had Savage, Beefcake, mm-hmm. Jake Roberts, Jim Duggan, mm-hmm. and Ricky Steamboat. Wow. That's like yeah. the entire like upper mid card yeah. of the 80s on one side of the yep. team. That, that team is stacked. How are you compared to Honkies? <laughs> like, uh, how the fact that the final three survivors were Savage, Roberts, and Steamboat. Well, of course. Of course like, they are when you look <laughs> at that. <laughs> wow. And, of course, if you know anything about history, Jim Duggan in that one, he got a double count out because Jim Duggan does not job. So, there you go, in case you were wondering. His oh. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Uh, his feud with Honky continued into early 1988, where in their last high-profile matchup, it was Savage defeating Honky by countout after he shoved Honky away from Elizabeth and into the ring post. Their feud was blown off in the weeks before WrestleMania 4, when the two competed in a tag-team-style cage matches, with Savage and Honky each enlisting their allies for their respective teams. Savage-led teams usually won these matches, although Savage did not regain the Intercontinental Championship. That leads us to WrestleMania 4, which was the infamous heavyweight title tournament as Savage participated in that 14-man tournament for the vacant WWF heavyweight championship. During the tournament held at the Boardwalk Hall in Atlantic City, Savage beat the natural Butch Reed in his first round, Greg the Hammer Valentine in the second round, and the one-man gang, which led him to the finals and a matchup with the million-dollar man. And that will be our next match. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the culmination of the tournament here, this was uh, a super long mania. It was. And uh, it, this was uh, season four of WrestleMania. It is season four of WrestleMania, so make sure Episode you, one. you look that up. Now, one thing I do want to let you know about is this WrestleMania took place on March 27th. On March 7th, 1988, which would be just a little bit before that, mm-hmm. actually on a Saturday night's main event from that day, uh, Savage took on DiBiase, and it was a four-and-a-half-star match. So Really? But, again, Saturday Night Main Event, not on the network. Can't find ah, it. Can't watch it. Got to find another way to to try and get that. Now, I've always wondered about this tournament. Have you ever heard about the tournament bracket being changed? Yeah, I think I, I've <laughs> I've heard podcast, other podcasts mm-hmm. talk about it, how it changed. What, what I always never understood was why you didn't have – I know Bruce on his podcast has talked about it, but why in the quarterfinals you didn't have Savage Steamboat 2? Right. 
they never had another match against each other. Right. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, have... that that makes sense. You had, uh, of course, you had the Hogan versus Andre mm-hmm. rematch, and that would just make sense to have uh, Savage versus Steamboat too. Yeah. But they uh-huh. they said they wanted Savage up against the heel because he's going to become the face of right. the uh, yeah, company. So I, I kind of get it in yeah. that way. But mm-hmm. So we start this is at 3 hours and 11 minutes into this WrestleMania Season 4, as Travis said. Uh, Fink introduces Robin Leach, who's the host of Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and he brings down the belt as so many people touch it on the way yeah. down. Like and he just gives it to him. He just going along. I don't and- get this. <laughs> Like, yeah. nowadays, you would be ejected from the building for touching a belt. Right. So, right. Uh, Leach shows the belt to Donald Trump, who's there, because this did take place at Trump Towers. Uh, guest ring announcer is Mr. Baseball Bob Euchre. Euchre comes out to a very weird version of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. It sounds very sinister. Right. It does sound weird. And I put in my notes here, banners greater than LED screens. Oh, yeah. Yep. The classic banner, WrestleMania banners, the WWF logo above where the guys come out. Love it. I put in my notes that, it and it bugged me, why are you having a guest ring announcer for your main event? Hmm. For the tournament final, like yeah. for the world title, why is there a guest, main, guest ring announcer who's going to be reading cue cards and possibly saying something wrong? Well, I, I I actually kind of like how they used to do celebrity involvement before celebrity. I know Mr. T wrestled in the first couple of WrestleManias, but before wrestler, celebrities wrestled on the cards, they would just do these random be the guest ring announcer, guest timekeeper, and uh, stuff and stuff like that. I actually think it's kind of charming how mm-hmm. they used their official their celebrities here, and I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I get I get the you only do it for the main event, but it's just a way to trot another celebrity right. out there. Uh, Euchre intros the guest timekeeper, Vanna White. Fans trying to grab her on the way down. Yeah. Uh, Trump then gives Vanna a kiss on the cheek. And then I put, is this about the title or Euchre and Vanna? Yeah, that was a story. That was a story. I know it was. Threaded throughout the show. And then Vanna kisses Euchre and he almost collapses. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Euchre finally announces the competitors. DiBiase comes out with Andre the Giant. No music, which was very weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because they didn't have the Million Dollar Man music like done yet, or if it's a licensing issue and they can't play it anymore on Peacock Network. I don't know which it is. I'm hoping it's because they didn't have the music done yet. But it was right. weird that he had no music, and I was like, oh, maybe it's because... The fans have already heard it once tonight, so they're not going to play again. But then Savage comes out with his music. Yep. It's a little weird to me. Yeah, a little weird. I didn't watch any other part portion no. of the show to see if it was there or if he came out to silence every time. But it, it was it was very odd. And like you said, it's the reason why I have the, the time codes here is because unlike when stuff was on the WWE Network, there is no way to just go to a match. Yep. You have to literally go through and mm-hmm. skim until you find it. So yep. I'm trying to help you here if you want to go see some Randy yep. Savage 311 on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz comes out all white while Savage has a white robe, orange pants, yellow boots. I could never get tired of Savage's music. Never get tired of it, and I appreciate he switched outfits along with Liz every single match. It was different. I loved that. I loved that extra little detail. Oh, yeah, and it's a very important detail. Yeah. Uh, We get a weird camera shot at one point where it's like away from everything and three quarters. I'd, I'd never seen that camera shot before in WWE. 
So I don't know if there was a... Also, the commentary right there got really quiet as well. So I don't know if it was an edit might, on someone's been, part. Yeah. So, um, lock up. DiBiase gets Savage in the corner. Andre, though, trips Savage. And the crowd immediately starts chanting Hogan. Hogan. Hogan, they even start getting up and looking at the entrance <laughs> way. So they think he was coming out right there. But not yet. Uh, not yet. Oh, yeah. We'll talk Just about wait. that. Savage with a headlock into a hammerlock, but DiBiase reverses. But Savage with another counter and a shoulder block. Andre trips Savage again, uh, but DiBiase misses the elbow. DiBiase with an arm ringer, but Savage counters DiBiase. Um, DiBiase, though, counters Savage, and Savage gets sent out to the floor. DiBiase with some chops, a back elbow to the neck. DiBiase with a clothesline for two. DiBiase with a shoulder block, but Macho blocks a sunset flip attempt. Macho with a clothesline for two. DiBiase needed the gut and a chop. DiBiase with a back elbow. DiBiase with another elbow. Macho then gets sent into the corner. Macho ducks, hits a running elbow and a clothesline with the uh, top rope. That's what uh, Gorilla called it. It's more of a hangman, I think, is what it's called Mm -hmm. nowadays. But um, Macho then with the knee to the back sends DiBiase out to the floor. Macho goes up top, but Andre stands over DiBiase, basically saying, come on, jump. He wants him to jump. He wants him to jump. Exactly. DB Savage then goes and talks to Liz. DiBiase with the attack, but Liz runs to the back. Oh, what's going to happen? Everybody knows. DiBiase. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Yep. DiBiase with the falling punches for two, which I always liked DiBiase's falling punches. It's mm-hmm. so... Yeah. It's it's not flashy. It's so right. great, though. Mm-hmm. Um, DiBiase with a snap mare, a reverse chin lock as the crowd's chance for Hogan, and Liz comes back with Hogan. Hogan comes down to ringside. He has a chair, and he puts it down. He's going to sit in Macho Man's corner. Long red tights and white cowboy boots. (laughs) What a look for the Hulkster here. Savage gets sent into the corner. Good thing he didn't go get, like, room service or something after his first-round match. I mean, good thing that it was connected to a hotel, so he, you know, that's why Liz took so long. She had to go run up to his room because he was like, I'm done for the night, brother. Andre beat me. I'm done. Ran up to his room. Yeah, he was, oh. Mm. Mm. I see. Ah. I see what's going on. No, we're not starting that here. (laughs) No, we're not. Um, Savage gets sent into the corner. DiBiase with some punches. Andre then pulls Savage right out of the ring, but Hogan then goes and attacks Andre. DiBiase with a clothesline, an elbow drop for two. DiBiase with a suplex for two. DiBiase a gut wrench suplex for two. DiBiase with a scoop slam. DiBiase up top, but Savage throws off DiBiase, kind of a la Ric Flair. Uh, Savage misses the elbow, and DiBiase moved. DiBiase puts on the million-dollar dream, but Hogan comes in with a chair shot to DiBiase while the ref argued with Andre. Uh, Savage goes up top, hits the elbow for the win, just like that. Yep, just like that. Not, uh, yeah. Hogan then immediately grabs the belt and hands it to Savage, and I put Hogan stealing the spotlight again. Yep, exactly. This match wasn't about Savage winning the title. It wasn't about Savage DiBiase. It was all about Hogan Hogan and Andre. Andre. Yep. And so that really took away from the match. The match was just okay. It's nothing to write home about. Yep. I would have liked to have seen their previous encounter. It was probably better mm-hmm. than this. I understand this was uh, Savage's fourth match of the night at the conclusion of a long show, the conclusion of a tournament. Yep. But again, it's just a real shame here that, that it's really all about Hogan. Well, and, and not only uh, it is, but at the same time, with hindsight, right? knowing what they're building to, right. I get it. Right. I totally understand. Like, But in that moment, yeah. 
Savage kisses the belt. He holds it up. Uh, Hogan then starts doing some pointing. He raises both Liz and Savage's hand. Mm-hmm. Savage and Hogan shake hands and hug. Liz is crying. A gorilla at that point then says, what a threesome. <laughs> Watch your wording, Gorilla. <laughs> right. Jesse says he feels like coming out of retirement, which yep. never happens. Uh, Savage then hands the belt to Liz. Liz has Savage has Liz on his shoulder while Hogan yep. poses and steals the spotlight. Yep. That. Yep, that iconic image of, of Savage and Liz with, with the title and Liz on his shoulders. And I also put here that this is kind of a, a typical Savage face match as well. Yep. The heel getting in all the offense and then Savage ended up winning in the end anyways. Yep. Uh, so Savage wins the belt, his first WWF World Heavyweight title reign. He held it for a little over the year, defending it against the likes of Super Heavyweight's one-man gang, Big Boss Man Andre the Giant. The Mega Powers' first feud was against the Mega Bucks, which was DiBiase and Andre the Giant, who they defeated in the main event of the first SummerSlam pay-per-view. But before we got to there, there were a couple other five-star matches. Well, one's a four-and-a-half-star match you should go check out, and that is DiBiase in a cage at Madison Square Garden. Uh, Savage would win. It was a four-and-a-half-star match. Again, not on the network because MSG Network. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you can find it, but uh, try and seek that out if you can because uh, it sounds like it was a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. So we get to SummerSlam. The match was refed by Jesse Ventura and was famous for Miss Elizabeth jumping on the apron of the ring late in the match and removing her skirt to show some red panties. Mm-hmm. This allowed both Savage and Hogan, who had been knocked out on the outside, to get back in the ring and get the pin on DiBiase with Savage pushing a reluctant Ventura to the three count. And I remember hearing on some other podcasts that it was supposed to be a little bit more revealing than what it was with Liz, but Savage was not a fan. Well, that that doesn't surprise me at all. And uh, a little bit more revealing. This was this was pretty uh, revealing, for the time, yeah. provocative for the time, and yep. pretty provocative for Liz because she never done anything like this. Or I think it was supposed to be polka dots. Supposed to be polka dots mm. on on the bikini bottoms. And Savage was not a fan. Not a fan of that. I guess not. Mm. He was seen into the future. I was two, say. Two, two manias from now. I what was he was doing say. exactly with the whole polka dot yep. situation. Um. The Mega Powers then began feuding with the Twin Towers, uh, Big Boss Man and Akeem. Uh, in the case of the feud, Savage frequently became involved in Hogan's matches, uh, involving one of the two villains, vice versa. The two rival factions captain opposing teams in the main event of 1988 Survivor Series, which was won by the Mega Powers. That Survivor Series team, just in case you're wondering, if you really, you're not going to be able to sleep tonight until I tell you, mm-hmm. it was Akeem, Boss Man, Haku, the Red Rooster, and Ted DiBiase. The Red Rooster? The Red Rooster. Yeah. Jeez. Versus Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware, Hulk Hogan, and Randy Savage. <laughs> Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim and Coco Beware get main event paydays. Oh, man. Good job. Good job. Jeez. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> great. Uh, problems then began between Savage and Hogan, however, in early 1989, after Hogan also took Liz as his manager at the Royal Rumble, Hogan accidentally eliminated Savage from the Royal Rumble match, and they started to fight until Liz separated them. At the main event, not Saturday Night's main event, but the main event, Savage and Hogan took on the Twin Towers in a match. I saw Elizabeth accidentally get injured at ringside. Hogan then carried her to the back, which enraged Savage to the point that he abandoned Hogan later in the match. Savage and Hogan then got into a heated argument with Savage declaring that Hogan was an inferior wrestler to him and that he wanted to steal this from him. He then proceeded to attack Hogan. Um, then Brutus came in and he tried to intervene before being separated by security. So Savage turns heel again. Um, this is in 89 and this was a year before I was born, Travis, but this is one of my first wrestling memories. 
Really? Is that attack in that doctor's mm-hmm. room. Yep. And Savage saying, if you want to come at me for the belt, that's okay. But mm-hmm. you're not going to do that, are you? And yeah. then he, he attacks him, and then Liz just yelling, stop. Stop, yeah. Randy. Right. Randy, stop. Right. Right, yeah. <laughs> it was that, that iconic scene right yep. there in the back in the in the doctor's room for, for sure. And Hogan carrying out Liz in that main event. Yep. And, yeah, the, the, this is so this is such an iconic uh, build up here. That leads us to WrestleMania five, which was on the short list of ones to review, but I felt doing three straight WrestleManias in a row. We wanted to see the full career of Randy Savage, so we're not reviewing this match. Maybe another time we will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savage ended up losing the world title to Hogan after a reign of 371 days. Now, prior to the match, Savage had actually been hospitalized with an infected elbow, but he checked himself out of the hospital in order to wrestle Hogan despite wearing a heavy bandage over the elbow and being sick as a result of the infection. It still managed to put on a high-quality showing in that main event, which Hogan bled in, and I believe it was one of the first times in a while at least that we had seen blood on WWF. Yeah, he he bled a little bit. It wasn't any, like a big gusher or anything for for sure. But uh, yeah, this was. Um, I, I think uh, Savage, from what I can remember, he carried Hogan to a yep. to a pretty good match here. Yep. Uh, and I, this this one, it I, this is me. I don't think it would have mattered what they did in that match because the story had yeah. been built for over a year. Mm-hmm. You knew the crowd was going to be invested in it. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I mean, as long as they didn't come out and put on a twenty-minute headlock, right. it was going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Because the story, the mega powers yep. explode. It, it just wrote itself, and it was a great, great build for yep. sure. Uh, in April of nineteen eighty-nine. Savage replaced Liz with Sensational Sherry as his new manager. Savage will then co-main event SummerSlam, teaming with the human wrecking machine Zeus. Zeus. Yes, from No Hold Bard. Zeus. Going up against Hogan and Beefcake. Hogan and Beefcake got the win after Hogan hit Zeus with Sherry's loaded purse to get the win. Zeus and Savage uh, faced Hogan and Beefcake in a rematch, contesting a steel cage at No Hold Bard, where they lost again. While that was going on in September of 1989, it was Savage who beat Jim Duggan for the King of the Ring title, and then he became the Macho King. So there you go. The Later on, king. he had a coronation as the new king of the WWF, led by wrestler The Genius, which is funny because it's his brother, huh. if you didn't know. Yep. Yeah. Um, in which Ted DiBiase gave him a scepter as a gift. Savage would use the scepter as a weapon numerous times. The Macho King and Hulk Hogan met one last time, intended to be the end of their feud when Savage got a shot at Hogan's WF World Heavyweight title at the main event three. The pinfall was counted by new heavyweight boxing champion Buster Douglas, despite Savage kicking out at two. Douglas then punched Savage in the face after Savage confronted and then slapped Douglas. It was supposed to be Mike Tyson. Wow. But Tyson lost to Buster Douglas. I was going to say, Tyson lost and they had to switch it up. So imagine... Think of all the press that Tyson, when he came to WWF finally in 98, brought. Mm-hmm. You put Hogan, Savage, and Tyson oh, on yeah. on network TV for the main event? Massive. That's a massive rating. Massive rating. Damn. That would crazy. Uh, nope. Couldn't happen. Because he had <laughs> to get knocked out. Thanks, Mike Tyson. This is why scripted sports is better. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Savage then began feuding with the common man, Dusty Rhodes, as they lost a mixed tag match to Rhodes and Sapphire at WrestleMania six, but beat him in a singles match at SummerSlam in late 1990. Savage started a feud with then-WF champion, the Ultimate Warrior. Um, before we get to that, a couple more matches for you to check out. Um, that is uh, DiBiase, uh, or excuse me, against Beefcake, 
the Saturday Night's Main Event, July 18th, 1989, got 3.75 stars. And then Saturday Night's Main Event from January 3rd, 1990, against Jim Duggan, that got 3.75 stars. So there you go. There's a couple more matches for you to check out. If you really want to get your Savage kicks, we're, we'll tell you some more matches you can you can go see. The feud between the two, that being Savage and Warrior, escalated at the Royal Rumble when Warrior refused to promise Savage the right to challenge him for the title should Warrior defend it successfully against Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter had already granted Savage his opportunity should he beat Warrior. Savage then sent Sensational Sherry out before the match to try and persuade Warrior to promise this in a face-to-face interview laced with sexual innuendos but was unsuccessful. Travis, have you ever seen this promo from... No, Queen. I did not see it, no. Oh, my goodness. For 1990? <laughs> Sexual into Yeah. She was, like, on her knees going, come on, warrior. Give it to me. Give me what I want. Mm. No joke. Wow. It's a little weird. <laughs> no, I, d- I don't remember the promo, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch it, no. This, yeah, wow. this would have been 91. I would have been, like, eight years old, or eight months old. So What, what was this in 91? It was the Rumble? The Rumble 91, the- yep. So outrage, I wasn't born yet. Outra- oh. outrage because Savage promised revenge, which he got during the Slaughter Warrior title match. During the match, Sherry distracted the Ultimate Warrior, uh, having to crawl to the ring. Later, Savage ran out to the ring and smashed the scepter over Warrior's head, knocking him unconscious, and Slaughter was able to get the pin. Then he immediately sprinted back to the locker room. Later on the program, Savage failed to appear in the Royal Rumble, which led to speculation that he and Sherry had fled the building to avoid the Warrior. This would lead us to WrestleMania 7, where it was Savage versus Slaughter for the title. No, not really. But Slaughter did promise Savage the he title did. shot. I want to know when that title match yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, you promised him. Yeah. So I hope he gave it to him. This would lead us to actually WrestleMania 7 and the career-ending match between Savage and Warrior which, again, is another match you can go check out. We won't be reviewing that, but 4.25 stars. Um, many people say Ultimate Warrior's greatest match ever, which oh, yeah. I would agree I with. I would absolutely agree with here. Savage carrying into a, a great a great match. It was fantastic. The story because yep. of the stakes. Yep. The loser lost his career. So it, it was it was high stakes and high drama. For it was sure. the first career versus career match in WWF history, mm-hmm. I believe, at that point. Yeah. Um, and Savage lost. After the match, Savage was attacked by Sherry as he laid ejected in the ring. This is way too much for Miss Elizabeth, who happened to be in the audience, just happened to be there. Uh, Elizabeth rushed to Savage's aid, fighting off Sherry and reuniting with her one-time love to huge crowd appreciation with Savage becoming a fan favorite once again for the first time since 1989. And the reaction from the crowd, or a.k.a. the plants, um, in the in the audience was very good. <laughs> the plants. They were no. plants. Yes, they were, Travis. Wow. And I will I will tell you how I know that at least one of them is a plant. I'll I'll tell you okay. coming up a little bit. Okay. And, and also, if you remember in this match, this was uh, the match where like I want to say Savage did like four or five elbows. Yep. yep. And Warrior kicked out. Kicked out. Of course. Yeah. Of course he did. Of course. 
doesn't doesn't but, kill the elbow drop at all. But Savage would have the last laugh because despite his retirement, he stayed on the WWF in non-wrestling capacity while the Ultimate Warrior was fired just a couple months later. So mm-hmm. Savage won on that one. Savage wrestled a number of times following WrestleMania 7, and the WWF's official story was that out of respect, Warrior generously allowed him to see out the final months of his contract before he was forced to retire. What a great guy that Ultimate right, Warrior yeah. was. What a guy. Uh, his last match was April 1st in Kobe, Japan, on a joint card between the WWF and the SWS, that's Super World Sports, where he was defeated by Tenru. So there you go. Hmm. Savage returned to television in a non-wrestling role as the Macho Man after WrestleMania 7 as a broadcaster. Although in storyline he was retired, he continued to wrestle, like we said. Um, he made an initial untelevised return to the ring on July 30th in Portland, Maine at a WWF Wrestling Challenge taping when he substituted for the Ultimate Warrior and pinned The Undertaker. Yes, Undertaker, Savage, July 91. Hmm. Hmm. I would have wanted to see that. Interesting, yeah. Following this, Savage subbed for Warrior on house shows in early August against The Undertaker. Savage also participated as a special referee in several house show matches between Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. Meanwhile, while this is going on, the storyline with Miss Elizabeth continued, culminating with Savage proposing to her in the ring, leading to an on-air wedding at SummerSlam, dubbed the match made in heaven. Elizabeth, will you marry me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally how she says it. Oh, too. yeah. It was at this t- and And Piper. Piper on the call. Yeah. Yeah. I did it. <laughs> yeah. He said that after he asked. Like, he was celebrating. It's like, he just asked. She could say no. You're right. She could say no. She could. Um, it was at this time that Savage was targeted by Jake the Snake Roberts, who was now a villain. An episode of Primetime Wrestling, prior to SummerSlam, the announcers and several wrestlers threw a bachelor party for Savage, with Roberts' arrival deemed unwelcome by the rest of the contingent there. In the post-SummerSlam wedding reception, because this is the first wrestling wedding in history that went off totally fine during the, the ceremony, wedding. ceremony, yeah. yep. Roberts and his new ally, The Undertaker, made their presence known by hiding a live snake in one of the newly married couple's wedding presents. Elizabeth was so frightened that when she opened the gift that she started laughing at Randy Savage. Just kidding. Not really. If you watch the video, Liz has a huge smile on her face. She is supposed to be scared, but huh. she is not. She She's covering her face, and she's trying to act scared, but like she's laughing at the same time. Mm. Send for the man. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought I remember screaming and stuff like that. But she I was don't screaming. Re- I don't but, remember. But she was. That really she would. She go ah, and then she kind of smile and hot ah. Yeah, at times Liz wasn't the the yeah. best actor. Yeah. Uh, why didn't Savage help his new bride? Well, because the Undertaker blindsided him by hitting him with the urn. Sid Justice ran off both Roberts and the Undertaker, and as Randy Savage would say later on, "Thank God for Sid Justice." That, yep. That's true, yep. Randy. Thank God. I, Randy. I think Randy's the only one who's ever thought that. <laughs> right. Um, Savage, still unable to compete, though, due to his WrestleMania 7 loss, the Ultimate Warrior immediately began a public campaign to have himself reinstated as an active wrestler to gain revenge on Jake Roberts. However, then WWF President Jack Tunney refused. Meanwhile, Roberts cut a series of promos berating Savage. The feud began to boil over during a television taping for Superstars on October 21st in Fort Wayne, Indiana, when Roberts cut an in-ring promo to goad Savage, who was providing television commentary, into the ring. After he was lured into the ring, Roberts attacked Savage, eventually tying Savage into the ropes before getting a live King Cobra to bite him. Now, according to Hulk Hogan and Jake Roberts on the Pick Your Poison DVD, the snake was 
holding on with the fangs. And Jake had a hard time getting the snake off of Randy. Mm-hmm. The snake would later die. Really? Yeah. Hmm. The the supposed story is that uh, it was Randy who was poisonous, not the snake. Hmm. And then once that snake bo- bit Randy, it it died. Really? Yeah. Sid really? Justice was originally supposed to be the victim of the snake bite, but due to a bicep injury, Savage accepted the snake bite instead. <laughs> you think Sid was going to take that? <laughs> not in his pitching I arm. I have soft Exactly. Not in his pitching arm. Now, there. I, I know Savage would not take the snake bite until he saw the snake bite Jake. Yep. yep. And, and to say, I, I don't blame him. <laughs> I would be the same way. That, but come on, Randy. We're not going to have a venomized snake bite you, Randy. Come on. That's a little paranoid. Yeah, a little bit, but that's Randy Savage. Oh uh, yeah, that, um, that is of course. And I don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna mention it later on, but well, what I thought was interesting here was the during the wedding or whatever they're actually having marital problems in real life. Oh yeah, they were. They they're they, like divorce, getting divorced. Yeah, they were in the process of a divorce at that point in time, um, and it has to it had to be so hard to act like yeah. they loved each other. Yeah, as, so weird. I can say this as someone who's married. Mm-hmm. You, it's hard to fake that emotion. Yeah, and especially if behind the scenes it's not going well. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that was so weird to me when I was like, really? Oh yeah, yeah. Man, that, yep. that would have been so tough to uh, to act like that. Savage urged fans to lobby Tunney to reinstate him under the rallying cry. Do you know what Savage's rallying cry was? What? Reinstatement. That's the plan. Reinstate the Macho Man. It's kind of catchy. I can see him going like city to city in a bus right. with that. The Savage Express. Savage Express. In response, Tunney did reinstate Savage and announced a match between him and Roberts for this Tuesday in Texas pay-per-view event, which happened the Tuesday after Survivor Series in 91 and basically made everyone feel dumb for ordering Survivor Series because nothing happened on it. I mean, Undertaker won. But then he won lost it back two nights I later. Know. So, yeah. I know. Savage would win that match, although the two would brawl afterwards, and uh, Jake slapped Liz, I believe, he did. in that one. Yep. He did. He did, and he cut that, that, that sinister promo yep. as well. Yep. It's like, I want you to bring her again. Yep. I loved, he, he loved hitting Liz. He, he loved the feel of that. Heel Jake 91 is the creepiest mm-hmm. dude ever. He is. Like, he, he really just, is. Uh, His promos were awesome. The feud, feud continued throughout the winter, ending after a match on February 8th, Saturday night's main event, which is not on the network, which Savage won. Roberts had planned a backstage ambush of Savage and Liz. That's when he's holding the chair saying, I don't care who comes through first. And Vince is on commentary going, stop him, stop him, um, after losing. But this was end up being stopped by The Undertaker. Um, by the way, another Savage match. Well, it's not really specifically a Savage match, um, but a match he was in, the Royal Rumble 92, got 3.75 stars. So, again, you want to seek that out. Mm. That one is on the network. It is. You can't see that one. I'm not sure what season that is. but <sighs> Yeah, I think season four. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, Savage, uh, it's the 1992 Royal Rumble. I would like it organized by year, Peacock. <laughs> Savage then began a non-screen feud with WF champion Ric Flair, According to the storyline, Flair claimed that he had been in a prior relationship with Miss Elizabeth, going as far as presenting pictures of Liz and Flair together. And this would culminate in a title match at WrestleMania 8. That is our next match we are going to review. Mm-hmm. 
Travis, this one holds a little bit of a special place in your heart, doesn't it? It does. It holds a special place in my heart because somewhere in the crowd in attendance was my mother, my father, and my uncle and his wife at the time. They were all there. They left me at home. I was only a small child. I was only about six months old, but I could have went to WrestleMania in the Hoosier Dome, but they decided to leave me at home. And uh, yeah, my, my parents and my uncle were in attendance. I don't know they why. Have, they have a souvenir shirt, souvenir cup, that souvenir cup and sure, like my holy grail. I <sighs> hold those in high regard. I don't know why they didn't bring you. <laughs> I don't what know. I want to Could have went to WrestleMania. It's the only time WrestleMania will ever be in Indianapolis. Indy, yep, yep. And, and I missed the chance. Oh, man. As a six-month-old. So we start. I didn't write down a time code for this one, so I apologize. But it's in the middle of the show. It's one of the main events in the middle of the show. Right. Um, Mooney with Perfect and Flair. Perfect has a picture of Liz, but no one can see it. And Flair says that this is the real deal and that they're going to unveil the full picture live from the uh, arena. Um, it's another good promo from Rick Flair, as you expect. Mm-hmm. He talks about Space Mountain. And at that point, Perfect asks if he can come along on Space Mountain 2, which... That's kind of weird. It's very weird when you know what Space Mountain is for <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair. And <laughs> Flair's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Gene's outside of Savage's locker room. Gene says that Savage won't talk to anyone. Gene then says this will be the, one of the greatest title bouts in WWF history. Yeah. You had to put that label on it there, Mean Gene. Yep. Um, Bobby, the Brain, and Gorilla are in commentary. And again, warm feels mm-hmm. all over. Awesome. Um, Flair comes out with dubbed over mix of his two themes. Did you yeah, hear this? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, as I we, did. It started with the woo. Yeah. And then it started with his, his theme that he first came into. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was very weird. It's because they don't own the rights for his first theme. Because mm. it was from a Space Oddity 2001. Right. But and you could still hear it. Though. You could. But I think mm. it's different enough. Because they had the other track yeah. on the top of it or something. Mm, yeah. It was, it, was, it wasn't it was good. Yeah, it wasn't no, good. it was not. Thanks, Peacock. <laughs> um, I didn't watch the show when it was on the network, so it may have been back then. But, um, yeah, I don't remember. Bobby's then with says it's not fair to Flair, and he keeps making all these Flair rhymes, which I found very funny. Uh, not fair to Flair, or uh, fair is Flair is fair, and all mm-hmm. this stuff. He looks... Yep. Yeah, Flair's uh, WrestleMania debut here. Yes, it is, and it's his only WrestleMania of his first run. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Uh, Savage comes out to a huge ovation. Savage is in the full body spoot- suit in gold. Looks like a million bucks. I thought. Yep, this is the the full body yep. suit era. Yep. Uh, Savage runs to the ring. Flair rolls out. Savage is wound up. He's ready to go. He attacks Flair in the aisle, but Perfect pulls him off. Uh, Savage is now going after Perfect. Uh, Flair with a chop, but Savage with a clothesline, knee to the back. Savage with some rights, an eye rake. Now he goes for a 10 punch in the corner, but Flair tries an atomic drop. Savage blocks it, hits him with a clothesline. Savage with a back elbow for two. Savage then grabs Ric Flair's nose. Savage gets back dropped out to the floor, though, and again, that looked good. Um, while Savage is on the floor, though, I do make a, a curious, I have a curious question, and that is why do they have a plain black apron over the blue apron? Like, right. you can see the blue apron, and then they have a plain black one on some sides. Now, some sides have right. WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. But then they I have plain black that. ones. I'm like, why? Yeah. What, what do yeah, you Yeah, I did not I did notice that as well. I yeah. thought that, that was odd. Flair with a chop on the floor. He drives Savage into the ring apron back first. Flair with a few stomps to the back. A few more stomps to the back. A woo. Flair again stomping on Savage. Flair with a chop in the corner. Flair with a big suplex for two. 
Flair with a back suplex for two. Flair with a chop and a whip into the corner. Now he goes into the other corner, hits a chop for two. Flair with a knee drop. Uh, Savage gets kicked out of the ring. Flair with another ram into the apron. At this point, Bobby tells Gorilla to spit that banana out and woo, which I that made me pop. Right. Um, he said before, come on, Rick, show me the pictures. <laughs> show me the pictures. Uh, Flair, with, which again, 92, it's a little racy for them to be going with this, yeah. this story. Uh, Flair with a suplex from the apron for two. Flair with a whip into the corner. Flair with a pair of rights and a few kicks in the corner. Flair with a chop, but Savage with a hand, a right two, and here comes Savage. Savage with a big counter neck breaker. Bobby starts losing his voice. He yells at someone to get him a bottle of water. Uh, Flair gets blocked. Savage with left jabs until Flair hits a thumb in the eye. Flair goes up top, but of course, since Ric Flair goes up top, he's going to get slammed off the top rope. Savage with a backdrop, pair of clotheslines. Savage spits at Flair. Flair goes inside out in the corner. Savage with a clothesline counter as Ric Flair came off the top rope for a two. The crowd boos as they thought it was a three. It was a very close two. It was, yeah. Um, Savage clotheslines Flair out to the floor. Again, that's a famous. Yeah, that's the famous yep. photo right there. Uh, Savage up top with an axe handle to the floor. Uh, again, another trademark Savage spot. Flair then went head first into the barricade and bladed. It was very obvious that Flair bladed. Yeah, come on, Rick. What are you doing here? They ended up getting fined for this. Yeah, now not supposed to do that. Earlier in the night, Piper and Brett yep. bladed, but Brett they were did, able to yeah. sell it as hard way, and not, neither of them got fined. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Brett did a little bit better job yep. of selling the, the yep. hard way job there, but it was clear that, that Flair bladed here. Flair with a flare flop on the floor. Savage with mm-hmm. a suplex on the floor. Savage with some mounted punches in the ring. Savage goes up top for the axe handle for two. Savage with a slam, goes up top. Savage hits the elbow, but Perfect pulls Savage off. Um, Very blatant. Savage now chases Perfect. The refs get between Perfect and Savage. Flair hits Savage with some knucks. Flair with a cover for two. Flair now with punches on Savage. Flair is a bloody mess at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect with a chair to Savage's leg. We then see Liz come out, but Dave Hebner is trying to stop her, along with Shane McMahon. He's trying to stop her as well. Yeah, I was going to say, a very young Shane Shane. McMahon comes out here and tries to stop her as well. Probably like, my dad told me to come out here. (laughs) Right. Flair working over Savage's leg. Uh, Flair with a leg breaker and a figure four. Perfect helping Flair um, by holding on to the, the... Mm-hmm. Flair's arms. Savage countered, though, for a two. Um, I put it at this point, this is a little overbooked. I thought at this point, a little bit overbooked with Liz coming out and the perfect interference and the chair shots and the knucks. And these two could have a great match. Just let them have a yeah, match. They don't need to do all the extra yep. stuff. I agree. Flair's now slapping Savage. Uh, Savage trying to turn it over as he's in the figure four. Uh, Earl then sees perfect cheating and he kicks perfect hand away i, I hate that. that spot i like that spot i hate that spot quit trying to get over earl quit. <laughs> he always has to get involved flair. that is very true flair goes for a slam but savage with a small package for two um which by the way was the same way he lost the ic belt at wrestlemania three mm-hmm. only it was reversed now mm-hmm. he tried that it didn't work i liked the little little throwback yeah. there flair now attacking savage in the corner flair says it's for you baby as he looks at liz uh, Flair hits another leg breaker, but Savage counters, rolls up Flair for the win. Kind of anticlimactic. It's right. going to happen. Right. The the ending definitely came came all of a sudden here, but it was still... Uh, besides the all the overbooked interference here, uh, it, well, I like Savage's intensity at the very beginning because of all the stuff mm-hmm. that Flair was saying and at the beginning of having pictures of Liz yep. and he had her before Savage. And so... 
Savage just wanted to get at him, and when he started a Flair started a bleed instead of going for a cover, Savage yep. went for the punches and wanted just wanted to beat up Flair instead of win win the match. But yeah, it did get in all of a sudden here. And I like what Bobby said at the very end. What the hell is going on here? I agree, Bobby. I I don't know either. Uh, Flair and Perfect are yelling and standing in the ring, which is one thing I always I always hate when someone wins a belt. And the guy they just defeated is standing up because it was a roll-up. Like, it just, I don't know. It just feels weird to me. Yeah, and I, I kind of appreciate some of these matches that end just mm-hmm. with with simple moves like that. You see finishers in matches all the time, but it's just that, that unexpected, just normal roll-up or backslide or something like that. Flair grabs Liz and says, what about me? Flair then forces a kiss onto Liz, which he would get arrested for today. <laughs> right. She slaps Flair, and now Savage is all over Flair. Flair's now all over Savage as officials try to keep them apart. The crowd starts chanting for Now, during this time, right after this, Savage and Liz actually did separate in real life. Um, Elizabeth made her final WF appearance on April 19th, 1992 at the UK Rampage pay-per-view where Savage defended the WF title against Shawn Michaels. Yep. However, the Savage-Flair feud continued, keeping the Flair-Liz television storyline intact until Elizabeth's final appearance, uh, which which aired on WF primetime television in June. About the same time, WF Magazine published photos of Savage and Liz, which were identical to those featuring Elizabeth and Flair. So it was revealed that Flair had doctored the Savage-Liz photos. The former couple were divorced on September 18, 1992. A statement announcing the divorce appeared in WF Magazine at about the same time, a rare breaking kayfabe for WF at the time. The divorce was never referenced again, nor did it figure into Savage's future feuds for the duration of his WWF run. So there you go. Now, for the better part of 92, Savage and his old nemesis, the Ultimate Warrior, peacefully coexisted. However, when it was announced that Warrior was the new number one contender for Savage's WWF championship, old tensions resurfaced. They had several heated exchanges prior to the match. Savage defended the title against Warrior at SummerSlam. Savage lost the match by countout after having his knee injured by Flair and Perfect, but retained the championship. This is another one to go check out as Meltzer actually gave that one four stars. Hmm. So Was it more stars than the WrestleMania? No, it was not. Hmm. No, it was not. But it's not bad. The kind of ending kind of ruins right, a lot of it. Yeah. And it's face versus face. Um, yeah. After the match, Warrior helped a badly injured Savage to the back. Uh, th- again, that's SummerSlam 92. We will be reviewing that one coming up in August. So get ready for that. Mm-hmm. On the September 14th episode of Primetime Wrestling, Savage lost the WF title to Flair after interference from Razor Ramon. He formed a tag team with the Ultimate Warrior known as the Ultimate Maniacs after both men were attacked by Flair and Perfect during their match at SummerSlam. And they cut some of the craziest promos I have ever heard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can imagine with those YouTube two. those. <laughs> yeah, you That's what imagine. you need to do. Um, after his title loss shortly after an injured Savage backed Warrior to dethrone Flair, on the November 8th Saturday Night's main event, not on the network, they took on Money, Inc. for the WF Tag Team Championship. Money, Inc. lost by countout but retained the title. Savage and Warrior were to face Flair and Ramon in a tag team match at Survivor Series, but Warrior was fired. So Savage chose Mr. Perfect, the executive consultant to Flair, to be his partner to replace Warrior. Perfect initially laughed off the suggestion, but was angered by Bobby Heenan and his insults that he could never wrestle again at his previous level and accepted the match. Despite initial distrust, the duo beat Flair and Ramon via disqualification. Again, SummerSlam 92, or Survivor Series 92, not a great pay-per-view. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really remember that one. It was Brett Shawn in the main event. It mm. was the first ever coffin match between Kamala and Undertaker, mm, yeah, and it I've was Nails that. versus B 
boss man in a oh, nightstick on a pole. Yeah, the big blow-off there. Yeah. Or yeah. the big match between the two. So, yeah, Survivor Series 92, not great. Don't look that up, even though it is there on the uh, on the network. Um, so then when Monday Night Raw began in January 93, Savage served primarily as a color commentator. He wrestled only occasionally against such characters as Doink, the Repo Man, Rick Martel, and Crush. However, he was the runner-up in the Royal Rumble match at the Royal Rumble when he was eliminated by Yokozuna after mm-hmm. he made one of the dumbest decisions ever. Right, yeah, he did. It's not like it I was, remember that. It was not like it was Savage's first rumble, but he no. he hit the elbow, and then he laid and tried to pin. Yeah. Come on, Savage. Yeah. You, know, you know better. You know you can't do that. Savage returned to pay-per-view at Survivor Series as a substitute for Mr. Perfect. Uh, this would be Survivor Series 93, and uh, Savage used to joke, I heard Bruce say this, that whenever the numbers were down, bring in the old man. Yeah, bring 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 the old man out of retirement is what you're doing, huh, Because you need to get those... Whenever ratings were down or something like that, mm-hmm. basically they'd have Savage wrestle. So mm-hmm. uh, Savage supposedly, according to everything he said and everything I've heard, wanted to wrestle. Oh, yeah. Vince did not want him to yeah, wrestle. Yeah, def- definitely. And that's kind of why it was so odd that yep. you know Vince just didn't think he could wrestle anymore or didn't want him to wrestle. And Savage wholeheartedly thought yep. he could still wrestle. He could still go. Uh, Savage competed in the 94 Royal Rumble match, and that would lead us to WrestleMania 10 when he would take on Crush. Now, the story behind this was that they were friends, him and Crush. Uh, Crush came back as a uh, um, kind of a Japanese sympathizer mm-hmm. and turned his back on Savage. They then had the Savage and, and Crush Summit on Raw where he attacked Savage, and mm-hmm. that leads us to our Falls Count Anywhere match from WrestleMania 10 when it will be Savage taking on Crush. This, again, WrestleMania Season 10 on your network, Vince and Jerry Lawler on the call. Uh, Savage comes out black and white. Savage or Vince then calls him one of the all-time greats and saying it doesn't get any better than that as Savage smacks his hand. Um, and then Vince says, listens to the ovation. But in my head, I'm thinking Vince doesn't like that. Vince right. doesn't like that Savage is getting a huge ovation. Right. And Savage's gear here, he looks like uh, you you could appreciate this. Yep. He looks just like a big checkered flag. He does. I did appreciate that. <laughs> um, so the way this Falls Count Anywhere match goes is that after the fall, you must you have 60 seconds to get back into the ring. Otherwise, you will lose. Mm-hmm. But the pinfalls, they don't count anywhere. They say they count anywhere, but they don't. Right. Because they don't count in the in ring. In the ring, yeah. Right. They they didn't know quite what they were doing at this point. Right. I I, th- I think this kind of sound even sounds when you say it out loud, it sounds kind of mm-hmm. weird. But then when you actually go in the ring and try to execute it, yep. it it it's worse. What what yeah. what I find funny about this is that this is them trying something and it not working. Mm-hmm. And then later on the night, you have them trying something, and it totally working mm-hmm. in the ladder match. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you were to say, name the two gimmick matches from WrestleMania 10, everyone would think of the ladder match. Mm-hmm. No one's no thinking one of this of false this. count anywhere match. No. So Mr. Fuji will lead out Crush. Savage, though, attacks him in the aisle. Crush with an atomic drop and a punch to the back. Crush some of the backbreaker. Crush then drops Savage down on the railing, just like he did at the Crush Savage Summit. And he gets the pin. So now Savage has 60 seconds to get back into the ring. So Crush just stands in the ring waiting for Savage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Vince then tells us all about tells us that uh, you know the history between these two. 
No, Vince. Maybe I don't. It'd be nice if there was a video recapping the mm-hmm. history between the two of them. Yeah. Um, Fuji with a shot with the flag as Savage tries to get into the ring. Savage does get in at two. Crush down all over Savage. Crush with a chop. Uh, Crush puts Savage in the tree of woe. And then Crush with some kicks and punches. Crush I na- said poor punches and kicks. Oh, they were awful. The punches were awful. Crush now has salt from Fuji. But Savage throws the salt in Crush's eyes. Savage with some jabs and an elbow. Savage with a double axe handle. Savage with a scoop slam. The big elbow drop. But he's got to kick Crush out to the floor, and then he right. covers him for right. the win. He goes to the flying elbow, and Vince is like, "Cover him, cover him! Yeah, why can't. didn't Why didn't he go for the cover there, Vince? You don't know your own rules." Well, and then he 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 puts him out of the ring, and Vince is like, "That's why he didn't do it. Good strategy." It's like, <laughs> "All right, all right." Uh, so now Crush has sixty seconds to basically stand up, as mm-hmm. he's right at the ringside. Mm-hmm. Fuji's yelling at Crush. Fuji then pours some water on Crush. Crush gets in the ring at two. Savage now attacking Crush. Savage gets a back dropped out to the floor again. And again, with the two ring aprons, they look weird. One's blue, one's black. Don't like it. Um, Crush gets sent into the ring post. Crush now sent into the steel steps. Savage clotheslines Crush out to the fans. Crush with a big kick in the audience. Crush with a back dropped by Savage as he went for a pile driver. Crush sent into a wall, then through a door. You know, this is the the spot in the garden. Of course, we'll see it in 2000. Mm-hmm. The Jeff Hardy jumping off. Oh yeah, that this is where he jumps off tables. Of. Mm-hmm. Yep, I always think of that when I see that spot in MSG for sure. Savage then sends him into another door. Savage then gets the pin backstage and he starts leaving, but he comes back. He ties up Crush's feet and lifts him off the ground upside down. Savage then kicks him. Um, while well, he's trying to tie him upside down, but it falls down yeah, with 30 seconds left. He kicks him and just falls yeah. down. <laughs> so Savage basically has 30, se- or 30 seconds to untie his feet. Um, Savage is in the ring. Savage is now attacking Fuji randomly. Savage is the winner as Crush couldn't make it back, and that's the end. And that's it. And I put, what a horrible way for the original Mr. WrestleMania to have his final Mania match ever. Yep. Savage poses. This is it. It gets a 2.75 stars. This is his final Mania event and his final uh, match as a competitor. Now, what I said there, Travis, I want to know. Would you consider Randy Savage Mr. WrestleMania of the first 10 Manias? Hmm. I mean, three stole the show, won the belt at four and put in four matches. Mm -hmm. Five, he stole the show. You know, he had a great match with Hogan. Six, him and Dusty. It wasn't great, but when those two were in the ring, it was great pretty good mm-hmm. seven with warrior mm-hmm. eight with flair yeah and then here mm-hmm. yeah i i never really thought of him as that but you can definitely make that argument for sure and I, I, lo- I actually really like that i love the the fact that his last mania was kind of sean's coming out mania party mm-hmm. like this was handing one one off, to, off the to the other. Yep. Yeah, handing the baton off. Yep. Yeah. I think that's very accurate. I never thought of him like that before, but I think that that assessment yep. is definitely accurate. I mean, it felt like he always had his best matches at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know his his matches, even if they weren't the main event, they were what people talked about. Mm-hmm. You know what they, you remember. Yeah. Exactly. You remember at three. You remember all the costume changes in the matches at four. Mm-hmm. You remember him and Hogan at five. At six, you. Six was the mixed tag. It was history-making. It was the first mixed tag match ever. Mm-hmm. Seven, you remember him and Warrior, but more specifically him and Liz mm-hmm. stealing the show. Yep. Eight, him and Flair stealing the show in the middle of the card. Mm-hmm. Nine, even when he was doing commentary, he stole the show. 
for bad commentary. I was going to say, not for the right reasons. But he but... still sold the show. <laughs> Savage would make periodic. You know why he's here. He knows why he's here. Fantastic. Fantastic. It's WrestleMania 9. <laughs> uh, also, the fact that Randy really wanted to work with Sean makes that comparison even Oh, yeah, yeah, More it definitely awesome. does. Uh, Savage made pro- sporadic appearances in Smoky Mountain until uh, in May 94. Meanwhile, Savage was a color commentator for the 94 King of the Ring, one of the worst commentated shows ever. That has, uh, oh, what's his name? How much does this guy weigh? Art Donovan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah not, not good. good. And Savage and Gorilla. That was your announced team for that show. Poor and Vince gorilla. wasn't there. Poor Gorilla. Yeah. Having to carry those two. He made his final WF pay-per-view appearance at SummerSlam at the new United Center in Chicago, where he served as the Masters of Ceremonies. Before the SummerSlam pay-per-view, Savage and several WF superstars, including Shawn Michaels, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Bart Gunn, and the 123 Kid, took part in a charity softball match against the Chicago Media All-Stars. WF superstars did win the game, by the way, 9-7, to with Savage showcasing his old baseball schools by hitting a home run. I say, yeah, showing off those skills. His last match in the WF was teaming with Bret Hart to defeat Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart in Germany on September 13th. At the end of October 94, his contract expired, and he left to go sign with WCW. He made his final televised WF appearance on the October 31st Raw, making a save for Lex Luger against Bob Backlund. The final, uh, the following week was November 7th, and that's when Vince McMahon had this to say. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We'll have more action for you momentarily. Uh, at this time, uh, obviously conspicuous by his absence, is the macho man Randy Savage. And I'd like to uh, announce, unfortunately, that Randy Savage has been unable to sign a, a contract with the World Wrestling Federation, not unable to, uh, rather, come to terms with the World Wrestling Federation for a new contract. But, Randy, I know you're out there listening. And uh, on behalf of all of us here in the World Wrestling Federation, all of your fans, and certainly uh, me, the number one fan, I'd, I'd like to say thank you for all of your positive contributions uh, to the World Wrestling Federation. Thank you, Randy Savage, for, for all of the wonderful memories for so many years here in the World Wrestling Federation. We wish you nothing but the best. Godspeed and good luck. So that right there was him announcing that uh, he wouldn't uh, be back and... Very emotional, very uh, heartfelt there. His number one fan. <laughs> yeah, and number one fan, like you said, and uh, the the does that, what do you think, does that make you think more or less of the urban legend of why Randy left? Hmm. Yeah, I never really put, put those connections right there, but maybe, maybe that saying that stuff adds to it. I say it takes away from it. I say that, that definitively that is not the reason he left. Right. Because I don't think Vince yeah. would go on air and say those things if Yeah, that's true. Now maybe at this point in time you could make the argument he didn't know. Yeah. And it came out know. later, but who knows? And of course right. it could just be an urban myth. So then uh Savage made his first appearance for WCW knows that on December third, nineteen ninety four, episode of Saturday Night. Savage made reference to the love-hate relationship he had with Hulk Hogan and stated his desire to be the world heavyweight champion. Savage appeared at Starcade later that month, saving Hogan from attack by the three faces of fear, shaking hands with his friend and rival. At Super Bowl V, he teamed up with Sting and took on Avalanche, a.k.a. Earthquake, and Big Bubba Rogers, a.k.a. the Big Boss Man, in a tag team match with Sting and Savage won. Do you think when that match started, Sting looked around and went, this is not the WCW I know? (laughs) 
<laughs> right. Yep, he's in the <laughs> ring with all former WWF guys. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> right, exactly. The following month at Uncensored, Savage wrestled Avalanche with Savage getting the win by disqualification when a fan who happened to be Ric Flair dressed in drag attacked Savage. Ah. Ric Flair loves dressing up in drag. <laughs> yes, so. This led to a feud between Savage and Flair where Flair attacks Savage's father, Angelo Poffo, at Sam Bury following a tag team main event where Savage and Hogan beat Flair and Vader. Savage then participated in the WCW United States uh, Heavyweight Championship Tournament, defeated the Butcher in the first round, and stunning Steve Austin in the quarterfinals. Yes, Austin and Savage faced off. Mm. Back then, too. Yeah. Uh, He then interfered in Flair's match against Alex Wright, attacking Flair and causing Wright to get disqualified, which set up a tournament semifinal in which the winner would face the winner of Sting and Meng, uh, again, for the title at the Great American Bash, Savage and Flair's tournament semifinal match never took place, however, due to Savage and Flair brawling in the backstage area prior to the match and both being eliminated from the tournament. So Savage and Flair would wrestle at the pay-per-view event on Father's Day. Savage brought out his father with him, but at the end of the match, Flair used Poffo's cane to defeat Randy Savage. Go check that one out as well, as that is kind of the pre-last one that we are going to talk about four-star match that we won't talk about on the show, if that makes sense. Mm. So, um, From there, uh, it, they had a rematch the next month where Savage defeated Flair in a lifeguard lumberjack match at Bash at the Beach. Lifeguard, lifeguard lumberjack. lumberjack. Hmm. That, that was the, the Bash at the Beach that took place on the beach. Ah, yes. yes, that infamous one. Later that year, during part of a storyline in which Arn Anderson and Ric Flair turned on each other, Flair, looking for a partner to take on Anderson and Pillman in a tag match, tried to recruit Savage to be his partner. Again, this is mm. stuff that we have you know, reviewed, but I don't remember seeing any of this. Right. Because it was on Pro or it was on mm-hmm. Saturday Night or whatever, and we didn't get to see it. But Flair tried to recruit Savage to be his partner, but remembering the rivalry and how Flair attacked Savage's father, Savage obviously refused. Yeah. And that will be our stopping point, at least right now, for Randy Savage's career at this point. Um, because the next couple of years, he's obviously in WCW. We will talk about all that in the coming weeks, months, and years of the uh, the two fan review podcasts as we make our way through the Monday Night Wars once WWE and Peacock decide to upload everything. They're getting closer, by the they way. They are getting closer. So, um so a lot of people thought that when uh, WCW folded and was bought by Vince, that that was the end of Randy Savage. He was one of the, the bigger stars who never kind of came back. And he was getting older at this point. He was still super jacked. Yeah. But he was he was older at this point. And a lot of people were surprised when he turned up at TNA's Victory Road when he confronted Jeff Jarrett after Jeff Jarrett had had a match against Jeff Hardy in the main event. This was their first, TNA's first three-hour pay-per-view. And Savage coming out at the very end kind of was like, whoa, Whoa. what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Um, Savage then made his Impact debut November 19th where he confronted the Kings of Wrestling. And at the end of the next week's show, he led a group to attack them. That would set us up for our Turning Point main event which would be himself, Randy Savage, Jeff Hardy, and AJ Styles defeating or taking on uh, Jeff Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. And that'll be the last match we reviewed. Travis, it's our first first TNA TNA match. match. How about that? Now, you can find this on YouTube. That's where we had to find this. First look at young AJ Styles. Yes. So this is Savage's first official match since 2000. You got Tanae and Don West on the call. And immediately we're told that Savage has been kidnapped. Mm-hmm. So they don't know if he's going to be here. And I thought, 
God, I hope he shows up. Otherwise, total bait and switch. And for your second <laughs> yeah. pay-per-view, yeah, not good. Exactly. exactly. So the Kings of Wrestling come out as Elvis impersonators with a very stupid, dumb Jesus. theme. Yes, yes. When the theme is stupid, the the outfits are stupid. Everything is stupid. Yeah. And then out comes AJ Styles, and his theme is one of the best from TNA. Oh, yeah. Love was. his theme. Yeah, I love it, too. Uh, I also like Jeff Hardy's TNA theme. Mm-hmm. I, may bad. Be, I may be in the minority on that. Jeff without a shirt, though, looks weird. It definitely does. He needs to have some form of shirt or mm-hmm. top on. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ and Jeff would have made a hell of a tag team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could still happen. It could. It could still happen. They're both it in the could. same company, but... Um, so this is a three-on-two handicap match because there is no Randy Savage. So I feel bad including this in our last match of Randy Savage. But technically, this is his final match of his career. So we have to yeah. talk about it. Uh, Styles and Jarrett will start off the match. Um, AJ poses after Jarrett poses. Lock up. Good chain wrestling from Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles. Styles with a headlock, a spinning head scissor. Jarrett, though, blocks a hip toss. But AJ comes back with a beautiful AJ Styles patented drop kick. I don't think there's maybe Hardcore Holly. Mm. Has a a prettier drop kick, but mm. AJ's drop AJ's kicks is pretty good. Yeah. Scott Hall then tags in Hall with an arm ringer, slapping the back of Styles' head. Styles goes out, but Hall with a poke. Um, Hall with a chop, but Styles counters with some kicks and a drop kick. Styles says he wants Kevin Nash. Uh, Hall then spits at Styles, but he tags in Nash anyways. Nash with a big knee lift and a back elbow, big right hand from Nash. Nash goes for snake eyes, but Styles gets out and gets uh, drop kicks to everyone. Jeff Hardy then with a missile drop kick and a closed line, a leg drop to Nash. Hardy with a corner drop kick to Nash. Now, just for time, just so you know, this would have been uh, Jeff Hardy post-WWE run the first time when he was burnt out, he said, and showing up late and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, Hall with a shot from the apron, but Hardy knocks him off, and Jarrett... Uh, Jarrett off as well, but Nash hits him with a big boot. Jarrett tags in, stomps to a downed Hardy. Jarrett with a hip attack on a downed Hardy on the ropes. Hall tags in, hits some big rights, and a disc gets punch. Hall with a choke slam for two. Nash comes back in. Nash with a big sidewalk slam, but AJ makes a save. Nash tags back in Hall. Hall with an abdominal stretch. Nash gives the unfair advantage. Hall now with a version of an STF where he grabs the hair and slaps the head of Hardy. Uh, Hardy then with a reverse mule kick. Both men are down, building to that hot tag, and we get it. Jeff Jarrett and AJ Styles both tag in. Styles with some clotheslines, a spin kick, a drop kick. Styles then hits his backflip DDT for two on Jarrett, which he overshot him a little bit, but he was able to yeah, counter. Yeah, it yeah. didn't look too bad. Mm-hmm. Jarrett counters the Styles clash, though. AJ then went for a springboard, but Nash stopped him from the floor. That looked nasty. It did. Uh, Jarrett sends AJ then weirdly into the corner. Hall tags in. Hall slaps AJ's head. Styles gets caught and hits the uh, fallaway slam for two, does Scott Hall. And he actually jumped when he did it. I don't know if he usually does, but I don't remember him jumping up when he threw the guy back over his head. No, I don't it, think he it did. It looked good. I don't think he normally uh, does do that. Nash tags in. Nash with some knees in the corner. Nash with a big elbow in the corner, make it a pair of them. Nash now frames it up for another elbow, uh, gets a two. Nash pins again for two, again for two. Uh, Jarrett tags in. Jarrett with a big lift-up gut buster. Jarrett with a figure four, but AJ goes for a roll-up for two. And then get another roll-up for two. Hall tags in, and it's two-on-one on Styles. Uh, Hall with a big right hand. Hall with a crop chop, crotch chop to Hardy. They then attack AJ. Nash then tags back in. Nash with a big bear hug. AJ with some elbows to get out of it. Now forearm shots. 
AJ makes the tag, but the ref never saw it. Uh, Jarrett then tags in. Jarrett with the right hand, but AJ now fires back. Jarrett counters. They collide in the middle of the ring. Styles is crawling to the ropes, trying to get to Hardy in that hot tag, and he gets to Hardy. Hardy with a whisper in the wind. Reverse Russian leg sweep. Hardy now takes down Nash. Jarrett goes for the stroke, but Hardy with a twist of fate. Styles hits a crossbody on Hall. The ref counts two, but Nash pulls the ref out. AJ with a drop kick to Nash. Hall then has a guitar shot um, as Hardy's up on the top rope, and he hits Hardy with the guitar, which makes Hardy give Jeff Jarrett a swanton, which, I don't know. It, <laughs> the end of this is a cluster. It really is. Uh, Styles with a crossbody out to the floor on Hall. So now everyone's down, and that's when Randy Savage makes his way out mm -hmm. to the ring to no pop. There is not a single cricket for Randy Savage coming out. I wouldn't. Say, I didn't think it was uh, cricket, but it's definitely not as big as it, it should have been for sure. Savage wants the tag, even though he's not in the corner. But it's a six-sided ring, so I'll give him a pass. Yeah. Uh, Savage with a shot to Jarrett, Holland, Nash. Savage gets caught in a sleeper, but Savage counters with one of his own. Now there are three sleepers. Jarrett with a sunset flip attempt, but Savage just kind of pins Jarrett for the win. Mm -hmm. No elbow, no axe nope. handle, no nothing. What a lousy ending. And the commentary team talks about Savage being the leader of the TNA locker room. I don't believe that for one second. What an awful final match of Randy Savage's career. Yep. One star. Yep. Awful. Did, did not do any of his signature stuff. We, yeah, we didn't even get an elbow drop. Nope. But uh, I guess this is what, what we deserve. Uh, Savage with uh, all black. Uh, he covered up because he, I guess, he wasn't very confident in his body because he had yep. shrunk down uh, a lot, and you know he was always a c c subconscious about his uh, lower half mm -hmm. for sure when he went to the tights. But yep. this was, was an odd look, all black, everything. You can tell this was a. Uh, it's a shame that this is how it came to an end. Yeah, it is, and. You know, this wasn't supposed to be the end, actually. Mm -hmm, he yeah. was he left TNA December 8th after he disagreed with the finish of a proposed final resolution main event for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. So, you have to wonder what would have happened. I mean, I'm guessing Savage wanted to win the belt. Sure. That's what I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, you look at this, though, and you would want him and Jarrett to go one-on-one. -on -one. No. Yeah, like, eh, no. I don't know. I don't know how that would have looked. No. Um, so, yes, uh, that's it as far as Randy Savage's wrestling career, but we still have much more to talk about when it comes to Randy Savage. Let's start with his personal life. Of course, he married Liz, as we talked about, in 1984. So before they debuted on TV, divorced in 92. In May 2010, Savage remarried, who was described as his high school sweetheart by Terry Funk. Now, for many years, Savage and Hulk Hogan were at odds and had on-again, off-again friendship. But according to Hogan, Jimmy Hart and Lanny Poffa, the two were able to reconcile shortly before his death. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. What about Randy Savage, the endorser, Travis? Oh, yeah. When you think of Randy Savage, one of the first things that absolutely has to come to your mind is the Slim Jim. Absolutely. So, all your education got you down? Well, snap into it. Hip into a Slim Jim. Tear into the spice, that busy, juicy taste. What is the meaning of this? Feel a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jim. 
And Eric Bischoff would famously say that when Savage came to WCW, Slim Jim came with him, and uh, that was one of the reasons why he was able to su- to sign him. So, um, yeah, do you think of? Have you ever tried a Slim Jim? First of all, Travis? I have. And uh, was it because of Randy Savage? I don't know if it was because of of Randy Savage, but uh, you know, there there was one thing. I know we'll talk about it a little bit later. But when he passed away, I had to go that night yep. and purchase a Slim Jim and have one in his honor. And yeah, I don't eat them that often anymore, but I have had one, and they're very good. In 1998, Randy Savage accepted an award from Harvard University's Humor Society, which is Harvard Lampoon, as Man of the Year. Hmm. 98, Randy Savage, 98. Man of the Year. Let's talk about Randy Savage, the actor. Mm-hmm. You know, Randy Savage was uh, an actor, Travis. I did, yes. Well, let's talk about some of his acting credits. We'll start w- on television, where he was on Baywatch as himself, mm-hmm. uh, along with Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Vader, and Sullivan. We have seen that we have, um, yeah. on our reviews. Mm-hmm. He was on Dexter's Laboratory. Hmm. Did not know that. Nope. Didn't know he that. was on Space Ghost Coast to Coast, um, where he played Space Ghost Grandfather for an episode. He was on the Jeff Foxworthy Show for an episode, the Weird Al Show for an episode. He was on Walker, Texas Ranger. Hmm. He was on Mad About You. He was on Airless, which I have no idea what it is. It was an American sitcom about a sports agent that aired on HBO. Um, those last two, he played himself. Uh, he was on the show Nikki which was on the WW, WB in 2001. He was the vo- he had a voice on Duck Dodgers on uh, Warner Brothers. Um, he was on King of the Hill in 2007. Travis, I did not know they were making King of the Hill still hmm. in 2007. Yeah. And I didn't even know he made an appearance. Yes, he was on Bill, Bulk, and the Body Buddies. <laughs> hmm. He also was in a video game. Do you know that? What Besides video game? wrestling. Besides wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> no. He was in Cars Race-O-Rama which is a video game released in October 12th, 2009. So shortly before he passed away, um, he was in a Cars video game where he played the role of El El Machismo, Mm. was his car from Cars. Hmm. Now, he never was in any of the Cars movies. No. Movie credit, he was in Ready to Rumble, as he played himself, Mm -hmm. um, where David Arquette daydreams a sequence fighting Savage at a gas station. That's his only time he's there which is funny i would have thought he would have been on on that more. movie more yeah mm-hmm. and then of course his probably his most famous role was in spider-man mm-hmm. as bone saw here's a little clip from that He is ready, just in case you Bone didn't know. ready. But he also, he sprung up on me in a place I was not expecting. Oh, yeah? So, I have a young son, mm-hmm. and sometimes my son will force me to sit and watch movies with him. Sure. Okay? Well, one of his favorite movies for a time period when we first got the Disney Plus Network was the movie Bolt. 
which is about a dog who is on a TV show um, and can't take real life away from a TV show, kind of like a wrestler, hmm. which yeah. I found hilarious. Randy Savage voices one of the thugs in that movie. Huh. Yeah. Yep, didn't know that. Did not know that either until I sat down with my wife. Now, speak or with my son. Now, speaking of video games, he's appeared in a lot of them. Are you ready? Yeah. He was in WWF WrestleMania. Sure. For the uh, NES. Mm-hmm. He was in WrestleMania Challenge, again, mm-hmm. for the NES. Came out in 1990. WWF Superstars for the arcade, which mm-hmm. I know I've played. Have you played... Uh, yeah, I've yeah. played the arcade one. Um, WF WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge. I have not played this. Nope. Came out for the NES in 92. Uh, WF Super WrestleMania, uh, which came out for the Super Nintendo. Never played nope. that one. WF Royal Rumble. Yep. Did not I play that it. one. Is it, is it fun? Yeah, I mean, it's been a super long time ago, but I do remember playing it. Actually, I played this, I believe, on a port online. So I played it online, which mm. is very weird. Yeah. WWF King of the Ring, which came out yeah. for the NES and the Game Boy. Nope, didn't, didn't play that one. And then it wasn't, that again, came out in 93. His next video game appearance would be in 97 when he was part of WCW versus NWO World Tour. Ah, yes. On the N64. Then he was part of WCW Nitro for the PlayStation, one of the worst games ever. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. Then WCW NWO Revenge on the 64, 98. That was good. That was good. Then WCW NWO Thunder. For the PlayStation, that was not it's good. Basically, like Nitro. Only worse somehow. Yeah. WCW Mayhem, which came out in '99 for the PlayStation, N64, and Game Boy Color. Then it was all the way from, let's see, '99 until WWE All Stars was his next video game hmm. appearance, um, and that came out in 2011. And uh, yeah, so that's a, a long gap. It was. He was a DLC in WWE 12. And he was an unlockable character in 2K14. And he appears as the Macho King in 2K15, in 2K16, in 17, 18, and an unlockable wrestler through in-game currency. And in 2K19, he was a DLC, making him the only wrestler to ever have more than two appearances as a DLC in a wrestling video game. Hmm. He's also in a Guinness World Record. Did you know that? What record does he have? 16-plus-year absence between WWE-licensed games from 94's WWF to 2011's All-Star was recognized by Guinness World Records. Huh. So, the longest record between WWE video games, I guess. I I don't know if that'll ever be broken. Right, yeah. I don't know either. Now, he was in some other video games at that time. I think he was in the Legends of WrestleMania series, or Legends of Wrestling series. I remember that. Um, But, of course, we cannot talk about Randy Savage without talking about some of his infamous promos. I have a couple of them lined up. We'll listen to them, and then we'll kind of react afterwards because I don't remember which ones I have where. So, we'll just start with this first one. Oh, yeah, Hulk Hogan, I remember way back when when the mega powers were bonded. Yeah, you made a lot of promises to the macho man, didn't you? Promises that you didn't keep. I remember one specific one, yeah. You promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise, didn't you, Hulk Hogan? And who had to crusade? The macho man, Randy Savage, covering for Hogan again. Can't believe it in a moment. Savage cleaning 
matches when it's absolutely necessary. When you're down and out, that's the kind of rules I play by. But you, you play by different rules. Yeah, you got to get in your grandstanding and your hot dogging, don't you? Yeah. I remember a time when I wrestled the king too. And in fact, I hit boss men on the outside of the ring just like you. The only difference was I was doing real good. Yeah, I was styling out there like a champion. Yeah, but guess who shows up for no reason at all to get his grandstanding and hot dogging in? You, man. You, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you just couldn't stand to sit back with your feet up and watch the champion in action. Well, look at this, prima donna. That was going into WrestleMania five. Wow. Honestly, I love that. Yeah. That that is one of my favorite Savage promos. Oh, ever. definitely. I would agree. He's so intense right there. Oh, yeah. He's so wet. Oh, as he's well, he's drenched <laughs> and he's jacked. Everybody is wet and drenched <laughs> here in these promos. But man, yeah, he he was great there. And again, building that year story, like you could, they he had the evidence to. Everything he was saying, like it, it just was so perfect, and they don't have storytelling like that anymore. No, not and, anymore. You know, and they don't do promos like that anymore. No, they don't. All right, let's move on to our next Randy Savage promo. WrestleMania three at the Silverdome in Pontiac, Michigan. It's a day that I'm certain my guest at this time will not forget. I'm talking about the former Intercontinental Champion of the World, Macho Man nothing Randy. Means nothing. 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 nothing means nothing. Man. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? Or I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh yeah, Macho Madness. Yeah, has got more to offer than President Jack Tunney thinks that I got. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you something right now. Cards stacked against the Macho Man Randy Savage in WrestleMania three. Yeah, let me say it. Yeah, let me say it. Out. Loud. And let me point to the president of the World 
Wrestling Federation, the Macho Man Randy Savage is not happy with your decision, yeah. I am the cream in the World Wrestling Federation, wait, wait minute, and there is no doubt about it, yeah, you mean Gene Okerlund. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Wait, wait a minute, though, Randy, I've got to ask you very seriously. Do you blame Mr. Jack Tunney, the distinguished president of the World Wrestling Federation, for Ricky Steamboat being the Intercontinental Champion today? Yeah, I do, yeah. Outside interference, yeah. In my moment of glory. Yeah, now I'm living in a nightmare, and I am the cream. And now, not only the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship belt must fall, but the World Heavyweight Championship belt. Because Hulk Hogan, yeah, I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better than the Macho Man Randy Savage. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. And I'm talking to everyone in the World Wrestling Federation. And I'm even talking to President Jack Tunney, yeah. I'm on my way. And nothing is going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. You know, just out of curiosity, Randy and I certainly don't want to diminish your tremendous uh, God-given talents, but, but I'm very curious. I haven't seen Elizabeth lately. Yeah. She's on the outside of the ring. Does she interfere in matches? Yeah. Nothing. Zero. Yeah. Pure athlete. Yeah. And I've been, uh, yeah, maligned from the top to the bottom. And because they can't handle the macho man Randy Savage, the cream of the crop, nobody does it better. Randy Savage right there. That was after WrestleMania 3. And, Travis, I think I figured it out. I think I know what makes Randy Savage so great. What's that? No one handed this to him. Mm-hmm. No one said, okay, now we're going to have Savage with a coffee creamer, and he's going to talk about being the cream of the crop while making a coffee creamer appear and disappear. Yep. This was him. You're right. Yeah. Being creative. Mm-hmm. We will n- yeah. never see it again. Yeah. If you look at some of his other promos as well during this time frame, you would always bring in props. You oh. would bring in a trash can. Yep. You would bring in a broom yep. and stuff like that. So he was very uh, involved with props a lot. And yeah. And I just I just like how he's always talking about in those two promos that we, we've heard so far. Mm-hmm. He's always talking about the person that he's talking about. He always says the, the full name Hulk Hogan, mm-hmm. Jack Tunney. Yep. Yeah. I was like how he says that stuff. And I love how he's feuding with Steamboat in that promo. And he al- he's, he's always still talking, about, talking Hogan. about the world title because you should always be trying to get the world title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's talking about Hogan here. It, and It makes total sense. Yep, absolutely. All right, here's our next promo from the Macho Man. Macho Man, Randy Savage, Sarasota, Florida. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the Dragon, Ricky Steamboat. What's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because he'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And George Animal Steel on the outside will be no. No factor, yeah. You say no factor. Obviously, he is a factor or you wouldn't even brought it up. Oh, wow. Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you got 23 wrestlers around the outside and it doesn't even matter, no, because I am ready and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man. Wow, man, freak out. 
<laughs> Freak out. Freak out. <laughs> and I love how this was this is obviously before WrestleMania three and the foreshadowing that he does in this promo about mm-hmm. saying George Steele won't be a factor. He right. was. He was the deciding factor. And then mm-hmm. his next promo, which was after WrestleMania three, talking about how it was unfair because there was outside interference. Right. It 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 so perfectly encapsulates the feud, the lead in, what Savage is thinking, then you see the match, and then afterwards what he said at the beginning is totally irrelevant because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And here he is again with a prop. Oh, yeah. The coffee cup. The cup of coffee in the big time. Cup of coffee in the big time. Now we're going to go. I, I think I know what this is. This is actually a promo for that WWE All-Stars video game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Oh, yeah. You young punks today got nothing on the macho man Randy Savage and my generation, yeah, and all the legends, yeah, because I'm telling you, that's complete mental insanity, yeah. Let the WWE All-Star Video Game begin, yeah. The best of the best, and to hell with the rest, yeah. Pick the macho man Randy Savage if you will, yeah. And I guarantee you will be victorious forever and a day, yeah, you will. Because I am the world's greatest wrestling superstar legend of all time, of all time, of all time, oh yeah. Catch me if you can, WWE All-Star Video Game, because you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I am the tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Space is the place, sky's the limit, yeah, that's the deal. Greatest matchups of all time haven't happened yet, no they haven't, until now. And it's up to the WWE Universe to take control of a volatile situation. And you guys decide who's the baddest generation of all time, yeah. Two generations, one ring, yeah. Hit up the WWEAllStars.com right now. You take control. Everybody say, oh, yeah. So that was the WWE All-Stars video game. That was the promo that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me sad, Travis. Why is that? Because that happened in 2011. Mm-hmm. All right? Yep. He was not, obviously, with WWE. Mm-hmm. This was a 2K thing. Yep. Or a THQ thing at the time. Yep. Two years later, when WWE 13 came out, that was when Brock was back in the video game before he returned to TV. Mm-hmm. Then in the years since, you had the Ultimate Warrior. You had Sting. These guys who would sign with the video game company mm-hmm. and then would eventually return or come back to WWE TV. Yeah. Were we going to get that with Savage? Maybe. Was he the first? That very well could be. Because yeah. if that's the case. That makes sense. Then I am really sad. Mm-hmm. That we didn't get that opportunity. Because again, WWE All-Stars, the uh, the video game, let's see, it came out uh, and released March 29th, 2011 in the United States. November 22nd, 2011, uh, it was on the, the 3DS. But uh, March 29th, April 1st for the console game. And we'll talk about it now. Randy Savage passed away May 20th, 2011. So mm-hmm. you're talking... 
a month yeah. after this game came out. Mm-hmm. And it would have been right after WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It just makes you think, Was were there talks... It could have been. Yeah, that that makes a lot, because, of, a lot of sense. Because you, you had heard, you know, in all these documentaries that we mentioned at the start of the show, you had heard people talking that, you know, he had made amends with Hogan. He had found happiness marrying his high school sweetheart. He was in a good place. Yep, he was. Do you think that those discussions happened? Yeah, I, I do. I do believe that there was, or you know, he could have been completely the other way. Of he may have not wanted anything to do with the pro wrestling business anymore, since he did kind of reconcile with with a couple people and whatnot. So he could have actually went, went the opposite way. But that that was nice to see uh, that he was finally uh, at some sort of peace and happy, and uh, squashed some beef with some people, and he was. Uh, with uh, how crazy was that that he re- reconciled with his high school sweetheart mm-hmm. and eventually married her? Well, and the other thing to to think of, all right. Now, I, again, am I looking a little bit? Maybe am I looking too into it? Possibly, but let's talk uh, again. Let's say hypothetically, Randy Savage does not pass away when he does. Yeah. The WWE Class of 2020 Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. It was headlined by Edge, yeah. who had just retired the year before, which a lot of people said it was too soon to put him in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you had Mil Mascaris, Ron Simmons, Yokozuna, The Four Horsemen, and Mike Tyson. That class needs a headliner. Yeah. And it could have been Savage. And it could have been Savage. Yeah. But there, there was always that that one hang-up of how he always wanted to be inducted in with his family and not just his person, just one person. Right. And he would eventually get into the Hall of Fame along with his, with his father. Uh, they both got in. They were inducted um, in the class of 2015. Um, but it just makes you think what could have been yep what could have been you know and even no i don't i i didn't want to see i i didn't want to see randy savage wrestle in 2011 no. i saw him wrestling in 04 and it wasn't good <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good in tna but nah. to have him around mm-hmm. to be right. a gm yep to be happened. a commentator if he had finally kind of cuz his commentary wasn't awful i mean compared to today Oh, well, yeah, compared to today, for sure. It would have been fine. Mm-hmm. But to be, even just to be one of those ambassadors that they have. Yep. You know, or to be, I mean, I love that it was Dusty. But could you imagine Savage running NXT? Hmm. Yeah. And being a part I of the training. Think about that. Being, doing promo classes. Oh, yeah. Like the promo class, the promo classes would have been awesome. <laughs> the the training he could have brought in ring, if he wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think part of me thinks that he did, because I think part of me feels that he, like I said, had made amends, had kind of reconciled everything, mm-hmm. and was kind of like, "This is my legacy. I want to help." Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of the wrestlers of like. Um, and I, I can't remember where it was now, but oh, it was uh, someone was talking about Terry Funk one time, and Terry Funk saying that 
I have to get the next generation ready for there to be a legacy for me to leave. Sure. Because there's no legacy if, if I can do all these great things, but if there's not a next generation to carry wrestling forward, mm-hmm. it's not going to matter what I did. Right. Yeah. It makes That's you wonder, a very good way to look at it. It makes you wonder if Savage kind of was feeling the same way a little bit. Very well could be, yeah. As we talked about, Savage on the morning of May 20th, 2011, died of uh, at the age of 58 after suffering a heart attack while driving with his wife. He became unresponsive, lost control of his Jeep Wrangler, crashing it into a tree. Now, initial reports of Savage's death indicated that he had been killed in the collision when actually he and his wife had been wearing seatbelts, suffered only minor physical injuries in the crash. An autopsy performed by the medical examiner's office found that he had an enlarged heart and advanced culinary artery disease that was more than 90% narrow. The drugs found in his system include a prescription painkiller and a small amount of alcohol. Savage had never been treated for heart problems, and there was no evidence he was aware of his heart condition. The cause of death was officially ruled as some sort of heart disease that I am not going to read. Savage was cremated, and his ashes were placed under a favorite tree on his property in Largo, Florida, near his mother's development. Ten days before his death, he had asked his brother to pour the ashes of his dog in the same spot. Hmm. Wow. I remember hearing this. Again, May 20th, uh, ten years ago. You know, a little more than 10 years ago. Now, I remember hearing it and initial reports like like that said was that it was a car crash and that that's how he died. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, the macho man can't die in a car wreck. Mm -hmm. Like that, no. Right. And then you find out it was was the heart attack. Travis, do you remember kind of hearing the news that Randy Savage passed away? Yeah, I definitely uh, remember hearing about it. I don't remember exactly where I was and whatnot. But like I said earlier, I definitely had to pay tribute to him by going and purchasing a Slim Jim for sure. And it was definitely, uh, it definitely made made me sad that that we lost uh, one of the greats. Yeah, it just it it made you sad. It, it made it, he had been out of the spotlight for so long. He has, yeah. That it was, you know, besides the the All Star thing, which happened again right before his death. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he hadn't been in the spotlight. Yeah, he hadn't been around at all. You know, I mean, oh four he did the TNA thing, but after that, and at the time TNA was still growing, so I wouldn't say that was a national spotlight either. No. He no. had been gone basically since he was in Spider Man in O two, mm-hmm. and that was kind right. of the last place people remember seeing the Macho Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but his last couple of years, full-time for WCW, and we'll talk about this, obviously, uh, going on. But I, I'm going to pose a question to you, Travis. Okay. Should Randy Savage have ended his in-ring career after his DDP feud in 97? Yeah. Should That should have been the end. Yeah. Because I, so. I, I don't think he had very – he didn't have very many great moments or feuds or matches after that. No. It was his last real give back to wrestling Mm -hmm. as far as making someone because he Mm -hmm. made DDP. Absolutely. And again, we're spoiling spoiling a little bit. We will get into all this deeper uh, coming up on on subsequent episodes of the Two Fans Review. But I thought it was very fitting to at least mention it here while doing a Randy Savage tribute because that for me is probably my lasting memory of Randy Savage and WCW 
is right. the DDP feud. Yeah, you don't you don't really think about the stuff that he came back with, and just he had a different whole entire different look. Yeah, and different presentation and gorgeous George. Yeah, and with all that team madness. It, yeah. it just he was trying to make up for what he couldn't do anymore. And yeah, it it, it it was sad. It, it was really one was, of those things yeah. where it's like just you've done enough. Like it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, multiple people and and legacies paid tribute um, to Randy Savage. Obviously, uh, TNA held a 10-bell salute uh, to him. Uh, Vince actually paid tribute to Randy Savage in a Time Magazine article where he described Savage as one of the all-time greats. WWE aired a tribute um, to him on the episode of Raw. Punk, CM Punk, uh, adapted a version of his diving elbow into his move set um, as well. So, um there was just a lot of a lot of tributes and a lot of stuff like that. Um, now, obviously, some things have come out about kind of the way he was with Elizabeth and stuff like that. Um, but even so, I mean, Randy Savage is going to go down as one of the all-time greats, correct? Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of a shame that he was kind of lumped in there at the same time uh, with Hogan. So maybe he gets overlooked a little bit in that aspect. But what he could do in the ring, what he could uh, say on the microphone. And uh, I think his legacy is one of the greats. I don't know if he's quite on my Mount Rushmore, but he should be on some other people's Mount Rushmore for sure. I definitely think he's in the top 10, top five. That was going to be one of my next questions for you is, is he on your Mount Rushmore yeah. of, of wrestling? Yeah. He just misses out on that. I, I would say I would, I would, he's I think in the, the top 10 for sure. I think the whole thing of the Mount Rushmore, you can't do because you can't compare the eighties to now. I mean, as we talked about earlier in this show, yeah. the wrestling's totally different. Yeah. In a Mount Rushmore of, I would say, people pre-New Gen era, mm-hmm. he's obviously on that. Yeah. I would say Hogan, Dusty, Flair, and Savage mm-hmm. would make yeah. that route Mount Rushmore of that 85 to 92 era. Yeah. I would agree. Um, for sure. 100%. Let's talk about some of his accomplishments throughout his career. Uh, he was a two-time AWA Southern Heavyweight Champion, a one-time CWA International Heavyweight Champion, NWA Mid-American Heavyweight Champion three times. He was the Grand Prix Wrestling International Heavyweight Champion two times. He won the Gulf Coast Tag Team Champions with his brother one time. He was an ICW World Heavyweight Champion three times. He is in... Uh, he was the comeback of the year in 95 in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, feud of the year in 97 against DDP, match of the year against Ricky Steamboat, most hated wrestler in 89 from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, most popular wrestler in 88. Uh, he also was wrestler of the year in 88. He was number two in the top 500, PWI 500 from 92. He was ranked number nine in the PWI years in 20, 2002. Three, and he was ranked number 57 on the top 100 tag teams in 2003 with his tag team with Hulk Hogan. He's in the Professional Wrestling Hall of Fame class of 09. He was a USWA Unified World Heavyweight Champion. He was a four-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Only belt he won in WCW, by the way. Really? Yep. Was that World Heavyweight title and, of hmm. course, the prestigious World War Three, which we just covered. Prestigious. He was the WWC World Wrestling Council North American Heavyweight Champion one time. One-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time Heavyweight Champion, one-time King of the Ring, uh, 
winner, one-time World Heavyweight Championship tournament winner, and, of course, Hall of Famer class of 2015. He also had match of the year in 87 against Steamboat from the Pro Wrestling Observer Newsletter and Dave Meltzer. Most unimproved in 1992. The worst worked match of 96, which we will talk about soon, and I can't wait, and uncensored. And he made the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame class of 96 as well. Hmm. So that is the Macho Man, Randy Savage. That is uh, one of the all-time greats, for sure, uh, who was taken way too soon from us, and it seemed like he was just kind of getting his life in order. But, Travis, we cannot end something about the Macho Man. I was going to play our normal show out, but I think we got to end it with Be a Man. (laughs) Be a Man, Hulk. If you don't know what this is, this was (laughs) his rap album that he came out with, Um, Be a Man. It included a tribute song to Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, as well as this diss track aimed at Hulk Hogan. Now, Savage promoted Be a Man with a concert tour featuring Brian Adams, a.k.a. Crush, as his bodyguard, and Ron Harris, yes, from the Harris Twins, as his touring manager. <laughs> uh, during this time, the development of a second album was already in progress, with Savage exclaiming, we are absolutely going to have more records. However, no further albums were released. Oh, so, man. He has been included in some uh, other mixtapes and stuff like that from rappers as well so since his his passing but uh here we go uh man he thought you know rick flair booker yep. t what, what was was in the game rap no. game but it was randy long savage before. long randy before savage. So. now was this you and i playing this in college or was it uh, another one of the uh, people well, i that, played that this all the time because uh, yeah, I, I discovered the song. I like this. I remember that we wore it out quite I, <laughs> quite often. I think it's underrated myself actually. <laughs> I really like I really like this song. So thank you, Randy <laughs> Savage, funny. for the memories. Yep. And uh, thank you for everything you did for the wrestling industry. And that'll do it for this week's edition. We'll have Macho Man play us out. Coming up around June tenth, June fifteenth, we should be releasing it. It'll be our next episode which is the review of the first ever ECW One Night Stand. Travis, are you excited for that one? Yep, I'm excited to get back to a little bit of ECW action and the One Night Stand first one was excellent, so I can't wait for that. And then through the end of August, our schedule is the One Night Stand, Chris Benoit, Money in the Bank from 2011, Roddy Piper Tribute, then AEW's All Out Pay-Per-View, and finally we'll wrap up the end of August with SummerSlam 1992. And hopefully by that point, everything will be up on the Peacock Network and we'll be able to go back to our regular regular format. But I've uh, I've really enjoyed kind of the way we've been doing this, Travis. Yep, I like the direction that we're heading into. It, would be, it will be nice when we finally get back on track, but in the meantime, this is a good thing what we're doing here. Absolutely. And thanks yeah. for everyone supporting us for sure. Absolutely, and if, you know, you like what we've been doing, hey, send us an email, write us a review, uh, tell us you like this more or whatever, and, and we may continue making these little uh, wrestler profiles as special bonus episodes or little off-track things. You never know what could happen. But, all right, Randy Savage, be a man. Play us out. Huh. Hulk Hogan, Hollywood officer, whatever they call you, I'm coming after you, you coward. I Pay-per-view event was a joke. You're avoiding Randy Savage because you're not.
punks Only do a real fight He passed I called him out But the punk was scared to go It was a charity event But the hog didn't show Hollywood hooked up You're at the end of your rope And I'ma kick you in the butt And wash your mouth out with soap Cause Like Randy Dangerfield You get some respect So come on Hulk Let's wreck So I can put you in check Be a man Hulk Come on Don't be scared You're running for a macho That's what I heard Be a man Hulk Come on Don't be a chump I never thought Hulk would go out like a punk. Be a man, Hulk. Come on, don't be scared. You're running from macho, that's what I heard. Be a man, Hulk. Boy, use a chump. Cause Hulk Hogan is a real big punk. They call you Hollywood. <laughs> don't make me laugh. Cause your movies and your acting skills are both trash. Your movies straight the video, the box office can't stand. While I got myself a feature role in Spider-Man. You hide the man, but when I find you a thon. And when I slam it to the